What's going on, everybody? Cali Death Podcast back once again, episode 118. Flash of me in the studio was severed real quick. Um, I'm here. My name is Anthony Trapani. I am your host. And as always, I have resident homies with me. I got Joel Horner and Casey Howard is back with us this week, enjoying a fresh banana. Yeah. Yes. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks like he skipped dinner and uh, now he's uh, nourishing himself. Plenty of potassium. This is like a good time to, to have a banana. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. How do, you, how do you guys eat a banana? Do you guys eat a banana like, do you break, if there's people around, do you break it off first and then eat it piece by piece? Nah, dude, I just you shove just it go, in my mouth. Yeah, I'm, okay, I'm, okay. I'm comfortable with my sexuality, bro. I am too, but I don't want people live on some show and then right when it starts, (laughs) I eat it. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Me too. I wait till like everyone's looking and then I just I look at them. I make eye contact and I just go as deep as I can. Why not, dude? (laughs) As long as you don't gag, you're all good. Tonight we're joined by uh, a a dude who's been on my radar for a very, very long time. Uh, We've had some cordial back and forth back in the MySpace days. You probably don't remember that, but but. Um, I remember MySpace. Hell yeah, dude. Cameron Argon <laughs> is with us tonight, dude, uh, from Big Chocolate fame, from Disfiguring the Goddess fame, Commissioner fame for me personally, because I, I, I heard that project as soon as it was starting to boil over. Um, but yeah, dude, how are you, Cameron? Nice to, be, nice to have you on the show, brother. Better than good. It's great to be on the show. Hell yeah! I hell dug, yeah. dug the intro. I was like, yes. "Let's get." Like, my camera was off, but I was like, "This." I know. I saw you down there in the corner, just going like, <laughs> "You can uh, see me." <laughs> I could. I could. Yeah. Real quick, I'm gonna probably have some internet problems tonight, guys. Sorry, I'm gonna freeze up probably, but also I have light problems too, dude. So everything's just fucking falling apart for me over here, and uh, shit falls down too. Your light falls yeah, down dude. in the middle. I, I would not be surprised if something falls on my head this episode. But um, yeah, dude, Cameron, dude, you uh, uh, you came across my radar a long, long time ago. Um, there was, you know, the the vocal showdown things that were going on in MySpace. Um, Hell yeah! I also Classic. heard from you on a faceless uh, tryout video, and then um, I, my best friend, longtime friend that I've started doing this shit with dan kenny is a mutual friend of ours <laughs> yeah we, we are roasting him hard before yeah, the yeah, show started the pod, we were gonna bring it up again <laughs> yeah dude so we, we should have been dan kenny we should have been closer friends a long time ago dude but uh, you've i've known about you for a long time uh i'm a fan of your work and you have a brutal fucking throat and you have Thank an you. interesting uh brain when it comes to arranging the music that you make and I, I back all of it, brother. Thank you. Even the big well, chocolate stuff, dude. I mean, I know we're on a death metal show, dude, but I'm 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 a hip hop guy. I'm a, I like EDM. I like uh, I like dance music and all that shit too. So the big chocolate stuff always was interesting to me throughout the years too. But it's it's got to be twenty years now that I've been listening to stuff that you've been putting out, dude. So, and I never forgot yeah. about disfiguring. Disfiguring was always something that I was always excited to hear. You were putting new stuff out, and it always uh, intrigued me and was interesting from the very beginning, dude. Hell yeah! Thank you very much. No doubt, dude. I got the demo. I got that. Nice I got intro. the demos on my iPod still, and 
I was rocking those from the beginning, dude. So that's one of the main reasons why you're here, dude, because I never forgot about you. Hell yeah. Well, I'm happy to be here. And I'm very I'm excited about fun. this. I'm very excited about this new EP too, dude. I mean, uh, Carnival is is um, uh, a 20-minute brutal onslaught. I know I said brutal onslaught as a way of describing disfiguring, but it really is. Uh, a very welcome ear beating for 20 minutes or so, you know? Hell yeah. Thank you. I think it's a good um, addition to the catalog for sure. It's like, uh, I mean, I made a, a video about this recently, but I actually wrote it a long time ago. Okay. It's like I wrote it in 2015 after doing a couple records after doing deprived and black Earth child. It took maybe like 10 months off and then started writing that one. So wow. it kind of has like this, um, like it's kind of like an evolved form of Black or Child in the sense that it's like still kind of ambient and very dark, mm-hmm. but it's way more, um, it's, it like kind of exchanges some moodiness for more brutality. Right. You know? Right. And I think, it, I think, it, I mean, it came across really, really, really well in the mastering. I didn't do any of the vocals. I did all the vocals last year and the vocals I thought were like, real gross on it real sick you know and um yeah thank you yeah dude so no it, it I, feels uh, good to have it off I, off my chest like i would like do i finish this do that's I not? actually uh, yeah that's one of the main things that is the biggest relieves in an artist's uh journey is creating something making it solid and then just putting it out into the world and then it's like oh shit now it's not just mine it's everybody's and it's gonna go do its thing now you know definitely oh yeah i mean um that's a huge part of of things and it's it's funny like uh you're you're referencing some really old stuff which is great like the the vocal videos back in the day and Mm -hmm. like i was kind of thinking about these recently because vocal my uh there we are like that yeah you'll you'll know when i was was like (laughs) where'd everyone go (laughs) <laughs> no, that's, that's the silent production yeah. aspect of the show dude every now and then if you're gonna go into something you're gonna get zoomed in on dude just okay try to, cool try and ignore it all right cool yeah um you know now doing vocals on like a video format online are so common and you mentioned the showdown too like shout out vinkus like i think he was the only other person i saw on youtube that was doing it maybe you know, maybe there was someone else, but I think he was like kind of the main guy who was like doing it. And when I, we're talking like YouTube 2006, 2007, probably. Right. So there, there wasn't like a lot of people on there, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, those those were some really early uh, vocal videos back in the day, which was great. And I think I was like 16, 17 doing those and, you know, kind of built a lot of momentum up until like we're referencing uh deprived and black or child with disfiguring the goddess those came out in, in 2013 so i was 23 when yeah. those came out so that's like a almost a decade yeah like a good eight year spread of just being very consistent and not you know not really knowing like um that that was like an important thing it just was like i was just naturally kind of driven Totally. I wasn't really like, uh, I never really thought of the term motivation much. It was just like, it's just kind of what it was habitual, just like what I did, mm-hmm. you know, make all kinds of stuff. 
that's actually how I got into electronic music too. I got a computer to record my bands or record bands or demos or whatever. And like instantly was just like making electronic music and I couldn't stop making random stuff. Hell yeah. Dude. And, um, um, before after, you, before you move on, Karen, Cameron, I, I, uh, I, we didn't do any plugs and I know we just got off and started talking there, but we usually plug some stuff yeah. on, <laughs> we plug, we plug, uh, at the top of the show, just so everybody who's here sees it, uh, for us, Cali death pot or first, uh, battleforgecoffee.com. <laughs> the homies go support, uh, the guys in deeds of flesh to that's cool. Yeah, dude. They make coffee. They, yep, they got a coffee company. They got <laughs> swag for that coffee. Use your BPM. Totally, dude. Don't don't. What is it? What did they say? Uh, uh, don't go into battle without bad battle forged coffee. I don't know. I forget their fucking slogan. I should know their slogan if I'm going to plug them at the top of the show every time. But yeah, dude, are fresh. Go support those <laughs> the homies, dude, for sure. And then uh, for us, Cali Death Podcast Never have a picture to show you guys on video every time we say it, but go there. You'll see pictures. Two shirts we got up for sale. Uh, the OG logo and the two-year anniversary zombie full-color t-shirt. Go uh, support us there if you want to. <laughs> and uh, I dig that logo. It's very hell Cali. Yeah. Hell yeah, right. dude. Thank you, brother. You guys should make board shorts. Dude, Dude, I'm not. Before we do work <laughs> course, we're gonna be doing flip flops, yo. Yeah, probably uh, probably better margin on those too. <laughs> yeah, <I've, laughs> it's actually kind of expensive to fucking do flip. I that must you gotta have like an in somehow because I don't, I don't want to do the fucking five dollar pair. And then you're fucked. Then yeah. that means they're gonna be two hundred dollars a piece, and we Your can't heels, do it. We're gonna rub it off <laughs> after wearing them f- four or five times. No, I want to yeah. do it like a legit fucking small batch with a legit company we'll eventually do that shit though like with a bottle opener on the back you know oh, what, I mean? what up dude H- hook it up with like reefs or something or rainbows <laughs> yeah. you know right <laughs> there's, like, be... there's like a grip on it they're like so tactical. Thick, dude, <laughs> dude little leather fucking, strap little built-in speaker so you could listen to your podcast on the beach dude Jesus. you could plug it at the beginning of every cali does podcast like we're all wearing them <laughs> yeah dude that's what's up they're sick I, uh dreams are dreams guys one time one day they'll be a reality though but um for you bro cameron where do you want people to go for uh big chocolate disfiguring and all that kind of stuff you should go to my website it's called www.cameronargon.com c-a-m-e-r-o-n-a-r-g-o-n.com boom all your uh that's the that's the center hub it's a sick website i made it myself there you go <laughs> everyone's no, like no squarespace <laughs> no squarespace action it was all you pure html and javascript oh shit getting yeah, real yeah. with it i have put a, a sick put... website I put a comma on there too, just to compliment the W. <laughs> yeah, click that link, see where it takes you, dude. www comma comma. I mean, the comma is funnier than the four Ws, dude, for sure. That website rules. Hell Sick yeah. website. It's got, like, it's got like a couple links in it or something. It's, I mean, check it out. Like it's 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 just really efficient. 
Just Ill. loads really fast. You know, <laughs> everything he wants right there, dude. It's the philosopher's yeah. stone of websites, dude. Yeah, it's like a cool way to like check myself too. It's like, what what can you put on your website? Like, if you don't have anything to put on your website. It's like, you better go make some more stuff. Yeah. It says it's, it says it's, <laughs> is is it actually there? Is it? Yeah. Actually, okay. www.cameronargon.com. Do I have to put the www because I got it says uh this it's park free. Thank you, do. Good idea. Why don't you make sure you're spelling try the www. Yeah. And it said uh it can get a laser diode, gas, or gas suppliers. Cameron's like, you have to do www. That's so weird. Yeah. Oh yeah, damn. Yeah, this is right. This I'm is on technical, this website dude. Right now, I can see. Yeah, that's a sick dude. website. Welcome yeah. to my website. Damn. Welcome to my website. Nice. Just got like a good about. Yeah, <laughs> a good like. <laughs> Just says what I do, I do, and I've done, and you know, there you go. I got a a book recommendation list, which is pretty sick. Oh hell yeah, dude! I'm down with that. <laughs> yeah, I really am I try- down with that. I'm always down with what people are reading. So this is the website. See it? I can tell what you've been reading <laughs> by listening to some of <laughs> reading some of your lyrics, dude. You're, I could tell you're definitely a love Lovecraft fan. Oh yeah, always been a. Always been into it, how vague he is about everything. Totally. That's what I like about like metal lyrics. It's like you could like barely talk about something and make it sound great. Or like totally, dude. And sick. and yeah, it's like, it's like a badass actually... video game or something. And it's super yeah. cool with like what is left to be revealed. You know, mm-hmm. if anything will be revealed, and that's kind of like how lovecraft is when you read and you're like you're you're getting these descriptions but you really can't fully encapsulate or 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 bring the image to the brain while you're reading it like with cthulhu you know it it's the word that you can't describe it's the man you haven't or the thing you haven't ever seen you know it's like he's trying to hit these 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 vibes of uh unknown real unknown aspects of life like something that we never experienced you know yeah i think writing stuff creatively in english is cool especially on these types of themes like there's i always make up words like i think on carnival there's a line that just says like franken son of mine just made it up (laughs) (laughs) and i like the interpretation of effect too Right, like, especially with the use of samples, people are always asking me, like, "Does that sample say this?" or like, "Does that sample mean this?" And mm-hmm. like, I, the answer in a way is always kind of like, "Yes, yeah, that's what it means." You know, because well, uh, that- I heard this dope quote from James Hetfield. I read uh, their um, they have an autobiography on uh, Audible that I read last yeah. month, and it was sick. And I, I was watching some Metallica stuff on YouTube interviews and whatnot. And um, he said this thing about how each song could have like six drummer magazine. Shout out. Love that. Oh yeah. I've been watching that stuff for for a million years. Um, But he said this thing about how each song could have like three different, like 30 million or 300 different interpretations and how they're all kind of true. And I'm like, I've always felt that way about music and especially the music I make. I like will make things to resonate with people differently you know what i mean like they might come from some place in me but i want some the whoever is um receiving it i guess to like 
have their own kind of experience with it and their own interpretations of it or triggers in it. You know what I mean? Like, right. especially with the samples and stuff, you can really kind of like trigger some interesting kind of emotional responses by still using like heavy music, you know, you want to know, just, you, uh, I'm going to give you a personal, um, thing that happened with me and the song. I've been, I've told both these guys to listen to, uh, the song below the water on the new album carnival and what that okay what that out uh, that song did to me was um immediately put me in a reoccurring dream that i've been having my whole life which is being underwater and and being able to breathe. But what I was feeling from that song was like being in that same place of in the deep that I'm always in, in that dream, but seeing this, uh, um, unknown kind of weird submarine going by me. And that sat that, that, that subtle sample that's in the background of that song really sounds like, something like a submarine would be echoing through the depths. If you're down in the dark and see this weird fucking alien type submarine going by, you know, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so is, this, is, that, that, is that what you were, were going for when you did it? Or was it just like a fart noise that you, you down, you'd slow down. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's my interpretation that's funny, of that like, Joel's interpretation. Really deep connection because I just like farted into the microphone. That's <laughs> <laughs> that would be epic if you can make submarine noises with your butt, dude. Dude, I mean, I mean technology, brother. <laughs> technology, it's really great to brother. Hear this transcendent experience you've had with this music that I, you know, just recorded my totally, dog. Totally, and, and that's kind of that's, <laughs> that's really. Uh, one of the exciting aspects of getting you on is because I, you know, we've been in the game for this long. It's, it's fewer and far between to have a real connection with certain things that come along the way, you know, and, and I had that natural um, connection with carnival, you know, just um, organically listening to it because I'm like, Oh shit there's a new disf disfiguring the goddess record. And I've been, like I said, watching you throughout the years. And, and it was another time where I was like, ah, this is something that just had this freshness to me, this, this different element, but, you know, mature and organized aspect to it. You know, like I love certain aspects of slam. I'm not really like super into it, but there are certain projects that have you know grabbed my attention um throughout the years and it's not just disfiguring is not just slam but I, I always get this kind of like feel of you like dripping had the samples and shit too when oh, yeah. they were, when they were doing the slams but it was a much more immature and unorganized aspect to it the the balance may have not been it wasn't you know, called slam when they were doing it though they were just doing it well, yeah it's yeah. just brutal death metal you know yeah the dripping's kind of different like they're rad they got their own no I mean, totally but they old have, older they have this like dirty more immature even though it's like it's not like 
porno grind and all that kind of shit. And like, that's not the type of immature I'm talking about, but like, I'm saying the. I love dripping, dude. Yeah, they got that one song I always loved where it was like, has like that little hip hop sample right yeah. before it gets all sick. <laughs> yeah, dude. So I do remember that. And I love so all that. So good. So I thought yeah. that like you were touching on that, but like a little more subtle and, and, and actually with like blood animal, I mean, we're going to go through, we're, we're just jumping around now. The way that we usually do this is go through your timeline, but I just want to make one more comment with like blood animal and we'll talk about it later. That's that, that one sits out more of bringing in your electronic side, big, big chocolate infiltrating, disfiguring the goddess as much as big chocolate can without not making it or without taking it from the disfiguring the goddess realm. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Oh yeah. And it's, it's funny. Cause I've been, um, making a lot of music lately. I've made more music in the last year than I've made in like the last few years combined easily. And um, it's funny because I've also been like really, really busy, just focused, you know, and I, I look at a lot of things systematically, too. I just have like a good system right now where I, I know how to feed the machine and I get what I want out of it. And, you know, I make adjustments based on what other results I want to get out of it. But the there's new uh, some new disfiguring that's um, going to be coming out this year. And I've sh- <clears throat> it's. The mastering to me has always been a big deal. Um, and depending on like Blood Animal and Soothe, I self-mastered. Sleeper, I self-mastered. But the rest of I've gotten mastered. And they've all had like, they all come back differently. And I ex- could explain a little bit more how I like anticipate that and, and go for that. But this, the new one, I'm, I'm waiting to get the masters back. That's usually when I get the proper feedback of when people actually like, oh, well, like this is, because it's kind of what I'm intending when I get it mastered especially on this next record but i'll send it to people and they'll be like what is this and i'll be like it's disfiguring the goddess like mm-hmm. how, how, how does this not sound like disfiguring the goddess to you but them saying that makes me think like "Ooh, wow like you're uh you might be pushing it but I, yeah. I like that whole thing like you might be pushing it that whole like inner dialogue of like telling myself to do something specifically or like you know, you're, you're guiding, you're, you're thinking too much. And I, I always disregard all that. Like right. whatever I want to make in the studio when I'm in that, that place, especially when I have disfiguring on, on the mind, it's like whatever comes out is going to be what it is. Like, I don't care if it sounds um, like, however, uh, like left to center, it sounds. Cause in a, in a way, every disfiguring the goddess album is pretty much left to center. Like there's, there's no, there's no two albums that sound remotely, similar i'll agree and um i think this new stuff is going to be um interesting i'm really looking forward to getting it out and seeing what the reception is as well as like experiencing that with everybody else because music just sounds different on spotify not like sonically really but like the way it feels yeah when you're listening to music in the, the same way you exactly it's yeah, like this yeah. is how i listen to all my music and now i can listen to like this shit i've just had on my computer forever and it's public at the same time mm-hmm. like it just it just is a whole different layer of like uh experience experiencing and analyzing your own music when it goes to that process so that's like a big thing i'm uh huge on going forward is like not releasing everything but like making everything to be released and to go through 
you know, production, go through mastering, go through distribution, and then to feel that like sense of um, feedback, but the sense of feedback is really just experiencing it with everybody else. Right. You know, and mm-hmm. that, that's going to be a, a key thing of like how I think this figuring is going to play out in the next decade. And by decade, yeah. I mean like the 2020, the <laughs> 2020s. Right, you know? right, right. that's rad dude so cameron let's let's start this thing off the way we usually do Uh, we we like to know about your childhood a little bit and how uh we go back in time we like to ask (laughs) (laughs) think about that time in childhood where you're sitting and something's playing in the house your parents are, are bumping a record or something and uh it grabs your attention enough to where you're like, wait, what, what's going on over here? And you start listening. Um, Maybe not that exact situation, but you know what I'm saying? Like where the earliest memory where you had a connection with music other than it just being the, in the background while you're doing shit. Well, my parents have always been really heavily into music for sure. Especially growing up, we had like a pretty good stereo and they had a, a great record collection and it really varied taste. My mom like kind of grew up loving like new wave music. And my Damn. dad grew up like listening to like, I guess, rock and roll, like classic mm-hmm. rock, you would call it now. And, um, you know, they have a lot of varied taste within that. Like, you know, um, I guess we call it like a, adult alternative now. A lot of stuff like that. A lot of great 90s music, a lot of great 80s music. And um, yeah, I guess like a little bit of kind of everything, like a little bit of soul, a little bit of folk or country, like a lot of rock and, um, you know, kind of, you know, like, a, you know, the especially growing up in the 90s too, like a lot of the 90s type music that would be kind of natural to gravitate to if you were like coming from like a new wave background you know yeah yeah um some of like my earliest memories with music had to be like elo el dorado Mm -hmm. that album um that was an album we'd listen to a lot it's just so theatrical and so good with kids like the first two tracks the way they flow and the way they are and like the album cover with the um the wizard of oz on it is like so like it's so memorizing as a kid, like that stuck out. It was scary because it was like that, you know, the witch's like hands on her, her shoes. Right. And it had these right. Like, deep voices in it. So it was kind of scary to listen to, but we listened to it a lot. Yeah. Uh, we listened to like random stuff too, like, you know, like Irish music or whatever. Like we grew up listening to a lot of Enya, which I think has a huge influence in like the atmospheric um, ambient sides of disfiguring. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I grew away. up listening to like a lot of like the ch- yeah sail away on repeat. What about? I remember Nipa? like being pissed when I was. Oh, <laughs> dude, I, I love her albums. Like, here's something funny too. Yeah. When when music started getting digital, and like we started getting iPods and stuff, my mom would have me like convert CDs to MP3s, right? Yep, yep. Or like, and then I would just go to the next level with it. She'd have me do one, and I would do like. 20 cds so like when i was in high school i had every enya cd on my laptop on my imac right and i was just banging enya like all the time in high school 
Love, that's a trippy yeah that, that's a definitely a trippy thing to get into because I, I remember like i like got introduced to it through a a reading class in high school where she'd put on enya and then just everyone just quietly read your books like well enya's <laughs> playing in the background and that was like had this kind of like getting a massage floating away kind of feeling you know what i mean and it always put everyone like in the mood totally like everyone just got it and like all right well we'll go ahead and read you know, like everyone, like just it quieted everyone down perfectly. It was great. She's amazing. Like, there's really no no one else really like her. Her her music just like reaches, especially when you get like into her catalog and go through her albums. It's like, you know, just like the 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 different way she takes it. There's stuff that's more like folky, but it still has like this new age kind of like production mm-hmm. about it. And I remember being in like painting classes and and like. I guess it was like late middle school and like my uh, teacher would let us like slip an uh, ear pod in or like an iPod thing in. And mm. I'd just be like blasting in in there. Just be like, in this, oh, like yeah. you know, in this world in my head, just like sucking at drawing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking about the whole time. I'm thinking about the, the task of all you youngins aren't going to know about this, but if, if you couldn't if you couldn't find it on iTunes or whatever and you wanted it in your iTunes you had to upload the the disc and when you upload the disc oh, sometimes yeah. the information wasn't fucking right so you'd have to go oh, in there and manually edit everything so it would come up right in your iPod so you could find it easily you know like negative burn yeah. CD. So doing 20 albums, you might have <laughs> fucking 12 of them that you have to make edits on. And you're like, fuck, dude. It ends up being this hour plus long process, you know? Totally. But it was so yeah. worth it because once you finally got it in the iPod and you, you unhook it and look and you're like, oh, dude, I can find that easily. It's in the right spot. Yes, I did it, dude. Totally. Definitely. I like the chili. We like the chili peppers. My parents played a lot too. Um, yeah. Classic albums. And um, what's your favorite? What's your favorite Chili Peppers record? Because I, I have a weird one. I can't remember. I think I like Blood, Blood, Sex, Sugar, Magic. Yeah, that's probably it. That's probably it. That's but, one of the yeah. earlier ones, right? What is that? The, what I don't know. That? I think it comes not... after Californication, doesn't it? No, 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 no. no it doesn't. Or is it no, right no, before it? It's before it. It's like that's like ninety-five or something. I think. Uh, oh, here we go. Yeah, so it goes: uplift, mofo, mother's milk, then blood sugars. Then it was. Ian's always it, there for us, dude. I know. Thank you, Ian. <laughs> I think Ian's it was blood sugars. He's, after, after he's taking the professor spot tonight, guys. Yeah, young Ian. I like. Uh, I like the album that. Um, uh, Ian, what's the album with fucking Dave Navarro that everyone hates? That's the one that I actually really like because I. Uh, I got into it. I got into them at that age when that album came out. And it's nostalgic. It's not better. It's just nostalgic. You know, it's like has a fun story behind it. Yeah. It reminds me of a certain time in life and has all the things going for it. But it basically, yeah, I would say Blood Sugar. I mean, it's got fucking like what? Under the Bridge and all that shit on it. It's like you can't really fuck with that, you know? So good. Have you read yeah. uh, his biography? No. Scar Tissue? No. No, I haven't. You should definitely read it. It's like I've, a I've great seen biographies. I've seen like the ones on his life and shit on Anthony Kiedis and on Flea and stuff like that that are fucking and also the, the fucking guitar player. Did you see that? There's like a video of the guitar player 
where they're like kind of telling him like dude you gotta stop doing heroin he's like i'm gonna keep doing heroin fuck you guys it's like he's sitting there there strung out um god damn i can't think of any names when i drink but uh john John versante john versante he's sitting there just so he looks like a skeleton like in a he looks literally he's probably weighing like 90 to 100 pounds and he's just like a skeleton he's like nah i love this stuff it makes me creative and like like an mtv interview he's like going like i'm gonna keep doing heroin dude and everyone's like what the fuck like and he did and then he finally like hit rock bottom and then he got better and then came back way later they kicked him out got better came back so that was everybody's well not everybody's but a lot of people's mentality in the 90s was heroin i mean everybody would do heroin yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) but you can't deny it when you really think about it it was like would nirvana have been nirvana without heroin would sublime but sublime without heroin like what i meant i don't know yeah you're starting to get some dark territory like we should push all these guys to do heroin and make some better records (laughs) (laughs) it's like the the record companies are just all like dude we got some so you got a twenty five thousand dollar signing bonus and seven eight balls of heroin yeah yeah (laughs) you need to start your addiction to heroin right now as you sign I can see like a new Atlantic meeting. They're like sitting around this guy, this young guy comes out and he goes, I just read a couple books over the weekend. I got this great idea. Do you guys want another Alice in Chains in the world? Well, let's find these guys from this, sh- you know, this rainy city and let's get yeah. addicted to this stuff. Let's shoot yeah, them up. Yeah, yeah. There's already no, no, no vitamin D because it's always foggy. There's no sun. So let's give them some heroin, double down on it, and they'll fucking get extra dark and fucking heavy. Dude, what, yeah, that's that. Okay, let's just go into the weeds on that just a little bit. Like, what would it be about heroin that would make people creative? Because to me, heroin just sounds like you just want to fucking your couch lock like a motherfucker. Well, for me, I mean, I, I got a for like six months of my life, I was addicted to heroin. I'm just kidding, to, uh, to, Norcos. <laughs> <laughs> to like Norcos and like opiates and stuff, like back yeah. in like 12, 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. And man, it's euphoric. So you just have. It's the, it's, that's the word. It's the best drug. It's the best drug for like for like a fucked up, for a fucked up drug. It's a it's the it's the best one because you feel great and you want to do things and like everything's positive. And but the thing is, there's there's other times like when you're not on it, then you want to like fucking be a asshole and fucking be cranky and stuff like that. But when you're on it, everything's just like amazing. It's like that's why I fucking every American, Dude. you know, like. One out of five Americans is addicted to it because it's like it's confidence, it's delusions of grandeur, it's yeah. it's all these things like s- mixed into one to where you just feel invincible, I guess. And maybe people just do great when they feel like they don't have fucking anything in their way. It's weird. I mean, for me, it actually worked in the weirdest way because I was like in the time that I got into it, I got really into online poker. And I was murdering <laughs> when I was high. I won like I won oh this. Oh my this, god! No, I won this like competition. It was like with three thousand people. I won like because I was yeah. like, and I like I wasn't even that good. And I just learned so, how to play like maybe six. Here we go. Before. So far, guys, if, if you want to write good Best music, do heroin. If you want to fucking win at poker, do Norcos. <laughs> what else, guys? <laughs> no, it's a, it's a it's a terrible drug. That's but because it starts off awesome and then it ends terrible. So it's like. Yeah, you know, if you want to do like two Norcos yeah. a year, that I agree with that. That's fun. Sounds like a fun night, whatever you want to do. But like, if you want to like get like a bottle and like do have it be your daily thing, mm-hmm. and that that becomes tough. Yeah, you can even like simplify it to just be like anything that makes you feel good, like inspires you to be creative because yeah. you feel good. Like you know, that's that's it. Whatever. Right there. 
That's it. Yeah. Like just some, so it's just an extreme version of that. It's like, like drugs make yeah. people's dopamine like squishes yeah. your gland, like squeeze dopamine in your brain. You're like, oh, I feel great. I can create now. Yeah, it's, Casey's right. If you can be happy and do stuff, it can be like on a good positive wavelength all the time. You could probably constantly make crazy stuff, you know? Yeah, but that's so, a candle burning at both ends because eventually you're going to get to a point where you can't even get happy with that shit, you know? And sure. then you're gonna... But like really anything can be like... Yeah. The solution has got to be battle-ready coffee. Yeah, you know? shit, I didn't have it. Damn it, do you good? Yeah, I didn't have it ready. Like ready, dude. Bean, bean, dude. That's like that's actually yeah, I, I back that it. like a motherfucker, dude. Caffeine will never. Caffeine is I'll, one. I'll of never them. say anything about it's bad about caffeine. Caffeine is actually. Awesome. I tried some. I tried some uh, coffee concentrate uh, yesterday by itself. I was like, yeah, dude, this tastes good. I'm fucking getting jacked on the way home, dude. I almost shit my pants, dude. <laughs> Dude, Don't I love the feeling when I drink so much coffee. I'm like, I'm you when you when you use that term jacked and caffeine in the same lines, I'm like, this is what life's all about. Sign me up, dude. <laughs> yeah. I, I get to go for this every morning too. Every morning I wake up, it's just like it's totally normal and functional for me to just go hard in the coffee, try to get jacked. I, you know what I mean? I feel like yeah, it's just getting all <laughs> jacked on it. I know I know that with uh with anything though, caffeine's the same as most drugs were. It's if you're doing it every day, I think it becomes more of a psychosomatic thing because you're like, oh, this is my my ritual, but it's really not giving you any energy because your body's like, okay, we're well, doing the same amount every day. Like, I get it. Oh it's yeah, crazy. totally. Like, yeah. So if you do, like, I remember one time I went. There's a there's in kind of Northern California and, and up in kind of the like Seattle and stuff like that. They have um, Dutch Brothers Coffee, mm-hmm. and they have. Um, they have this thing called the ER nine one one, and I would get that I, the first time I had it. I was insane. Like I was like a different person. I remember I was annoying everyone around me because I was so ja- jacked. I was so jacked. That was mm-hmm. like I was like dancing. We went to like a public like grocery store, and I'm like dancing in the aisles. I'm like yeah, but what's about? Like, I was like a fucking mess. Sounds like they're just <laughs> serving cocaine at Dutch Brothers. Dude. Yeah, <laughs> then I had it again though, and it wasn't as good. <laughs> yeah, I'm like yeah, let's buy this, buy this. Yeah, fuck like, it. Like, you won't shut up and you won't stop <laughs> dancing. That sounds like cocaine, dude. It doesn't sound yeah, like yeah. caffeine to me. They're just all like sprinkling a little bit in there, a little salt bay in there, just fucking look <laughs> a little salt bay. <laughs> There's a dope book you should read about caffeine. It's called Caffeine. And it talks about like the kind of the, the plant and like a lot of the historical origins of like how all these coffee plants are coming from like one OG plant at some point. Ethiopia, and dude. It well, it talks about how they brought yeah from Ethiopia. Guy, they, they brought it over at yeah, the time that it was it, it was punishable by death to smuggle coffee out of that country, and he still got it out. They brought it to Europe and then they brought it to uh, South America where it flourishes. And like they, I think in the book, they're talking about how like it's the one plant that kind of just like controlled human beings to bring it totally. to a place where it would really flourish. Dude. Um, you ever seen that meme? About it's the world's biggest drug experiment. You and ever it's, seen uh, that meme with like uh... it, once you get off of it, that's when you can kind of get that clarity from it. And yeah, the, yeah. the guy who wrote it did that. And when he, he was like clean from it for like a couple months, he tried it again to a cafe and got like that good stuff at a at a cafe and he said it was like a like a borderline psychedelic experience and he just mm. was like really observing the, the true effects of caffeine and he's just like everybody's on this stuff all the time like yeah. they, they don't even think about Damn. it it's just like it's just normal it's the only drug that's written into contracts dude i mean it i love it a coffee it should break. be 
<laughs> it's you, awesome. You, kind of contract is, you got coffee break in your contract, dude. No, yeah. for sure, dude. And it really is like the it's the birth that, of society as we know it. Like before coffee, they were there was no evening shifts or night shifts. Like everyone just worked during the day and they went to bed when the sun went down. And coffee comes out and everyone's like thinking and doing shit all night and stuff. And now we have airplanes. Yeah, you know? yeah, <laughs> for sure, yeah. Dude, it is it's pretty awesome. wild. Yeah, and yeah. the way you you uh, you just laid it out, where it's like, because I do like to think about the conversation, the mental conversation, or or uh, uh, telepathic conversation between plants and humans, where it, that plant told the human to do this. That that's how they say it happened with ayahuasca and all that kind of shit. Like the plant told the tribe that put this together and you'll blow you'll have a blowout experience same thing with coffee dude i think that 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 totally is plausible i mean how could anybody else tell you that it isn't true because now it's like can we have cannabinoids in our brain for fucking receptors in our brain for weed caffeine is another thing that could just be anything that flourishes on this planet it, it, i i i would say that yeah dude i if we can eat it, that's pretty much made for humans. If we're going to talk about God, God made it for us. You know, it's it. The, the universe made those things for us to ingest. And yes, caffeine is one of those things that I'll always love. But it, it is funny that uh, that relationship, the way that it, it flourished in Ethiopia, there's like 300 plus different varieties you would find in Ethiopia and only like a handful throughout the rest of the world. Ethiopia being the birthplace of coffee, it sounds pretty cool to be like, why did it be there? Why, why did it pop up there? What is it about that area of the world that made this thing that the rest of the world now benefits from how, however long Humans. after, you know? Uh, Homo sapiens. There's another yeah. cool book you guys should read called Sapiens. It's yeah, dope, dude. that's one book. that I've had recommended to me quite a bit. It's on my list. I haven't purchased it. You know how we, us book readers, we always, there's way more books out there for that we would want to read that we can actually ingest and fully, you know, experience. But that is on my list of books that I want to read in the near future, Sapiens. I'll give you a little pos positive thing about that, that analogy of having like a larger library um like people who don't read who walk into a very large library will go oh how many of these books have you read and then people who do read go into a larger library and they'll recognize that it's a representation of what you want to know and what you're right. working on knowing mm -hmm. so i think it's a really good uh, sign to have a larger library or reading list than books you've actually read i mean every book i read makes you want to read about five other books so it's totally like, dude that's i feel yeah. that same shit dude and and actually you made me feel good about what you just said because it does really if you look at it in in that optimistic way it is um the expansion of knowledge that you would want to make that you're trying to make and you have a physical um path to gain that knowledge or your you know your pile of books is your your physical path to that and, and then it just becomes up to you whether or not you're gonna try and reach the the goal of knowledge that you want to you know 
because we can always oh, make definitely. excuses we can always get in the way of ourselves like oh no i I can't read or I can't write or I can't do this or that because I got to do this. It's all resistance. It's all shit just naturally us sabotaging ourselves too. But sometimes life literally just gets in the way and you can't. But either way, I'm always a big advocate for reading, reading real books too. I mean, it's cool to have audiobooks and and the kindle and all that kind of shit but i just like holding a physical book flipping the page marking the page when i'm done putting it back on the shelf all that kind of shit are you, yeah. are you a physical book guy too or you do you collect mainly digital i mean i uh, i used to do physical then i did digital and now i just like spam books on audible all the time Nice. And if I if I like a book enough on Audible, I'll buy it, you know, mm-hmm. um, to reread or to work it up or whatever. But I'm kind of a minimalist too, so I've had I've had a lot of books and gotten rid of a lot of books. So I, I kind of like the digital format because it's I can keep all my books on my phone versus like. It is more somewhere. practical for sure. It is definitely more practical. Um, there, that's just you know the '90s kid in me is just having a hard time getting rid of the physical collection I've been building for more than half of my life, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's like, yeah. I, I've uh, unfortunately uh, gained a sentimental co- uh, connection to a lot of uh, the physical items that I'm, I'm basically in a, in a sense, an organized hoarder, you know? And, but I still, you know, with like physical media in general, it's still, it's just growing up and going to the CD store, buying the CD, taking it home, opening it up, reading the lyrics, all that shit. We've talked about that many times on the show. I can't, I can't shake that, you know, when it's something that I, that's why I text you. I text you earlier this week, like, yo, what kind of physical copies do you still have of all the disfigured shit? Cause uh, some of the stuff that I have physical copies of, but some of the stuff it's, it's harder to find now, you know, going on discogs. If you want a fucking couple copies of your CD, it's like 60, 60 yeah, bucks. Some of those are really ridiculous. Minimum, minimum fucking purchase. And I, I'm, I'm almost ready to spend that money, but I don't have it right now. <laughs> I should really do like a repress of everything. My whole catalog is independent. Uh-huh. So like the earlier ones, I, you know, it was like back in the like sleeper deprived blacker child, like the, the manufacturing was kind of a part of the album flow at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm, I'm just like it, like a uh, caterpillar. I did physicals with as well, but it took so long. I just was like sick of waiting for everything. And like, you, it's also like a, a, a bigger bet you're, you're waging if, if people are actually going to want to buy it or not. And like, I'm just like, like people still ask me for Circle of Nine CDs. That yeah. album came out in like 2010. Yeah, they still ask for it. So it's like, if I write a good record, and I press it at a later point, it, it doesn't matter how long it takes for me to press it. You know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I think I will do in the next decade, um, do some more pressing. But to me, like the big thing is doing the music, and getting right. that that flow moving and that machine oiled and and moving and then i can do things later down the line to to fix them but the, the music i don't really skip out on yeah the, that's the first and foremost obviously yeah but you know if you, it, it's so easy to to not think of it like that still so i, I i'm like uh i probably will do some 
represses. So well, hopefully the CDs aren't stupid high because that's crazy. I mean, that's cool. Like if you have it, it's like, oh, it's hundred dollar yeah. CD on Discogs, you know. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But it's like at the same time, it's not that cool. That is a, that's, that's a, there's a market for that. I mean, there's a, like I buy a bunch of, I talk about a bunch, but I buy like these funny shirts from meth, meth syndicate.com. They have like these super funny, like hilarious shirts, but they, <laughs> the way they do it though. And they're like fucking like on Friday at noon tomorrow, they have one that I'm getting. It's uh the cover of a uh, vulgar display of power of the guy getting punched. And it says smash mouth on the top. It's It says, you know, for the album title, it's all so, somebody once told me. And it's just like, <laughs> oh my god! And I'm like, dude, I'm buying that. But the thing is, like, they sell it from like 12 to 2 p.m. So it's like, yeah, you got two yeah. hours to get it, and whatever orders go through, go through. There's not like a limit <laughs> supply. He just wants to know what to print, and he he gets the numbers. He says, all right, sold out, and then he says sold out, and then if you want that thing later, you go like search for it. It's like, yeah, it's you can get it for like 200 bucks if you That's want. You know? Drop culture, bro. That's yeah, literally. That's the how way around all the all the shit of like you know how things are so easily accessible on Spotify. You just oh the new album came out this morning. All right, let me just in bed with one eye get it instantly real quick listen, listen to it. To it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like right now it's like there's got to be. I mean, it sucks that that's the way that things have to go for bands to maybe make money. But it seems like there's these weird kind of ideas like you know there's hemorrhage that we had on that just literally has a bus that has their whole setup in the like live setup in a bus and they pull up in front of venues and they play shows and everyone's like this is fucking sick and i'm like that's thinking outside the box they're not signed to any record labels they don't have to deal with any booking people they don't have to deal with any promoters they just pull out until the cops tell them to go away and they've already they have like a qr code on their fucking bus and people like can get a hold of them and shit and it's like damn that's fucking smart like you know like things like that where there's like things that are coming out and different ways of thinking on on you know distributing music or playing live music that are like with the spotify culture yeah. I think like the way I look at music, like if you're going to make music and, and have it streamed, like you have to accept that you're doing it for free, basically. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like it, it just, it the value it holds today versus the value it, it held even just 10 years ago is, is radically different. And there's totally. also a lot more of it too. Right. Like totally. think about how much, you know, heavier music there was. Uh, there, there is today than there was 10 years ago it's just more saturated and it's easier to obtain you mm -hmm. know mm -hmm. so it's like you 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 kind of have to um the music is um um like a given you have to do the music but then i think everything else you just have to be adapting and th there's no like this is what's next it's like the adapting right now is like a jar of mar marbles it's like what, yeah. whatever you can think of that does yeah. something cool is cool and that's what you should just be right about and, definitely. you know and and to get back onto your timeline i will say with your saturation comment disfiguring the goddess got through that saturation for me on the new record and that's uh something that made me very excited i already said it earlier but yeah when things are so that's there's awesome. so an abundance of of shit to uh uh experience now with the internet a lot of it is saturated kind of the same kind of so i'm now in as a seasoned veteran in the metal community and as a metal listener and just music listener in general you it's really got to grasp me and and i'm just saying like 
carnival put its hooks in me, dude. Like I didn't expect awesome. I didn't expect it to grab me like that, you know? And it did because it made me realize like, you know, as I'm getting older, groove is starting to become more important to me again. And cause you know, in my early twenties, I would always be like tech first, you know? And, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tech. And then you, you, you break up the monotony with breakdowns and, and, but the, you know, the breakdowns were fewer and far between in most of the bands that I would listen to at, at, in my earlier metal listening years. But now as an older guy, I'm like, I fucking like to shape my, shake my hips, dude. I like to fucking move my body. And I like to find music that makes me do that involuntarily, you know? And I got some, I got some things to comment on that for sure. Go for it. And I, I got, I got one point that touches on both disfiguring and big chocolate, but big chocolate and disfiguring's quest in this is almost mm-hmm. like flip flopped. It's really weird. So the first thing I'll talk about is I try to make a lot of the music right now I'm making to have like a background listening vibe to it. Like, I, mm-hmm. and that, that is not just like with the songwriting, but it's also with the, the way it's mixed and mastered. Mm-hmm. I want you to be able to kind of put it on and like, not, you, you don't have to pay any attention to it to be able to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you can pay attention to it, of course, and, and get into it and, and, you know, use your imagination and visualize all that, all that great stuff. But like, you can also just put it on and have it just be like a buzz, you know, that putting off that vibration. That's, it's not too harsh. It's just like, it has enough dynamics to kind of like fill the room on like any volume. It gives the everything on my phone. I listen to everything on my computer. Like if it doesn't sound good or feel good on my computer, then I, I don't care about it. You it's know? like yeah, like a psychological move. I mean, I mean, you're uh, you're big chocolates. So you're probably in with big big pharma. You know, I would say big chocolate. Big chocolate. I would be like, I would say big candy or big sugar. Big or candy, something, not big pharma. <laughs> I couldn't I like think of anything funnier. Big psyop. <laughs> big psyop. <laughs> oh, with, with big chocolate, I, I do that especially like on my. Uh, Latest record is called Dubstep for Moms. It's like meant to be kind of a background album. It's an hour long. Every single track is in the same key. And so you could shuffle it and it will kind of always be like on that wavelength still. And it's mm. just excellent background music. It does a ton of headroom on the mastering. It's sick. But um, I, did, I did bump a few, a few songs off of that album and others that were... Uh that I was able to find for the, your big chocolate project. I, I remember back in the day, I don't even know what song it was, but I just remember it. I don't know if it was you or somebody who you sampled, but they had said like big chocolate in the beginning of the song. It was like big chocolate, 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 chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. I think it might be called King now off an album called chocolate bra from 2010. Yeah. Um, but it, but so I'll talk about where I see big chocolate fitting into this, but I'll talk about disfiguring too. Like yeah, you didn't I feel like, and I, I don't, this isn't like, um, like the, th- the things, everything I look at in terms of the music I make, I'm looking at as a contribution, you know? And I, I look mm-hmm. at, I'm influenced by other stuff in the sense of like where I know where to contribute. 
you know, like where, where I know I want to contribute. And like with, with metal, I feel like um, it's so, and you know, metal's a broad range and there's so many bands out here that are, that are doing like this a good job. Like there's a lot of bands with like the latest uh, saying with Suabog record is like on heavy rotation for me. I love the production on it. It just like, it just feels like you just feel like you can listen to it really easy, you know? And, right. uh, but there's a lot of stuff out there that is not easy for me to listen to. And like, I could, I could barely listen to it for like 10 seconds before I'm like, this is not what I want. Like, yeah. playing around me and it's not like whatever it's not even about what i'm hearing it's about like the dynamics of how i'm hearing it like it just mm -hmm. doesn't doesn't feel good to me you know and it's not it's nothing not to do with the songwriting or anything actually like a lot of like the and i give a lot of i like a lot of stuff because there's generations that like this stuff and i want them to get into heavier music because it's a pipeline you know yeah. like you you get into you know chili peppers and then you know 20 years later you're you know, jamming defeated sanity. It's like there's a pipeline somewhere that that goes down to this stuff, right? And we right. skipped a bunch in the in the middle, right? But we talked it's about true. It recently, yeah. And like I give a lot of like right now the the, the biggest I guess the big bu buzz bands are like Sleep Token and Lorna Shore. It's like those bands are doing great stuff right now to get people into like the people who listen. There's I think Finn McKenzie was talking about it. How there's like a there's like a Lorna Shore to Infinite or, or no, he was talking about some other pop thing like olivia rodrigo and heather's olivia rodrigo pipeline to infant annihilator like people who listen to that are going to be listening so i like what these bands are doing and i'm not mm -hmm. i'm not the, the the dynamic maxed out production i'm not really talking about either of those bands i reference i'm just talking about like there's a lot of metal and heavy music out there that is just hard for me to listen to and it's not those two bands but it's, it's um you know i'm making ref two references at the same Thing, yeah right? yeah totally so with this yeah. figuring i'm trying to like like i think the biggest inspiration behind this figuring is disfiguring like i just love like the, the the mindset and like the vision i have for it and that's always more inspirational than other things going on and yeah I'll, I'll pick up things but most of what i hear in the music is stuff that i would listen to when i was like you know the stuff i still listen to like Static X or Soil Work or um, Old Man's Child, nice. you know, like that okay. that that kind of metal stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like it's still I really really see those in influences in the music still, and um, I kind of what I want to do with this figuring is just like make really heavy metal, right? But I want it to be kind of like easy listening in a way. Mm -hmm. where it's like you can play in the car with like your wife or girlfriend that might not like that stuff. And she could be like, eh, I kind of like this song. And I kind of feel like there's, there's bands that are kind of hitting that right now, but I, I want disfiguring to hit that, but it's going to be like, it's still going to be disfiguring in a way. Like it's going to be, yeah, the vocals cool. are not going to switch. There's still going to be a death metal vocal type. You know what I mean? And right. I think that's a big differentiator between Disfiguring and a lot of these other bands is the vocals. If you compare uh, vocal types, like the the vocals in Disfiguring are, are more similar with like death metal than right. they are with like a death core style. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I've never felt, I tweeted about this the other day, I've never felt like I've been writing death core, no. but I've always been kind of getting that tag. And lately I've been really embracing it because 
there's a lot of action going on in that tag and a lot of like great bands and great uh, there's a good culture being built in it right now. So I'm like, if, if they want to like say, and I, sometimes I listen to older disfiguring the goddess and I'd be like, yeah, I can hear some like deathcore influence, but I think it's just the, the, you know, I just liked like uh despise icon a lot and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like yeah, stuff that-, that a lot of these deathcore bands maybe were listening to as well. You know what I mean? Like that, I call it pre deathcore deathcore where it was like <laughs> and it sounded different. It was didn't sound like how ter- current deathcore sounds. It was like a pure combination of death metal, hardcore and grindcore. And yeah. it it sounded like those three genres combined, right? Mm-hmm. And then at some point it didn't sound like any of those things and it sounded like its own thing, a new thing and that's when it was also being called deathcore. And I was like, uh, I'm not sure if I like this. Like I, I like you were saying, I want to like move my hips. I want to groove. Like sometimes I listen to death court. I feel like I'm on like a, a bad roller coaster where I'm like, this isn't even fun. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. like I want, I want to like get locked in and just like, you know, yeah. have it run. You know, and death metal does that for me, you know, like, like a, what, like a great morbid angel song. That's just like yeah. long as hell, but it still has like good structuring to it and the double kicks are just like running and i'm just like very "Mm." smooth has a groove to it and has smooth yeah yeah exactly like that stuff that stuff i like where you can get locked into that that movement where i feel like a lot of deathcore is like um i feel like i'm like watching jurassic park seven in an imax theater (laughs) and i'm like i don't know if i i don't know if i want to i kind of want to just like chill and watch a movie you know what i mean damn dude that's a fucking (laughs) quote right there (laughs) you know what i mean like a lot of it feels like that that's the perfect way to put it though yeah yeah it's like it's like you said like a flooded market where it's just kind of just okay well you're doing that i mean because before you were talking earlier about deathcore and stuff because we just used to call it before when it was starting it was hardcore just it was death metal and hardcore. Even if they were doing breakdowns or growling, it was like, oh, it's hardcore. And like seeing like how it's deathcore, and then it became deathcore became an insult. It became like your deathcore, and bands were like, fuck you, you know, I'm not fucking. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's like, and now it's like embraced yeah. as like, yeah, this is what we're doing. Where it's deathcore, you know, it's got death metal like vocal influences with blast beats, and it's got the hardcore metalcore breakdowns with the melodic lines in it and stuff. But go ahead, Casey. Was metalcore older than deathcore? Is that no? Oh yeah, yeah, it's older, older. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, we used to say hardcore and metalcore, and then deathcore. Metalcore yeah. to me was like was like the at like the gates mixed with hardcore. That was like the, yeah. the as they lay dying the the bands that had like a like the yeah. But the metalcore was, but also, but it wasn't just that though. Like the melodic, it was like metalcore was like other stuff too. Like singing or breakdowns or something like yeah, that. yeah yeah it was melodic and singing it was like the melodic yeah. riff and like a singing part maybe over the melodic riff, and then like building up to a breakdown that was like the right the, that was like the formula for metalcore back in the day and so but the deathcore the difference is that it doesn't have the melodic part or it's it's but not it based still can. on that i don't think deathcore follows a pop structuring either like i thought i think a lot of metalcore mm. had hooks and i never hear hooks in deathcore yeah, you know, you now know, it's just how just... nasty the breakdown can be. Is what deathcore a lot of deathcore goes mm-hmm. for is like, like who's got the nastiest? Like that's why Lorna Shore with that to the Hellfire song or whatever. I was like, all right, yeah, you guys, you guys got the the gold on this for now. <laughs> like they have the standard <laughs> right now because I was like, I heard that and I was like, all right, well that's insane. So, but it's it's got like double kicks at like three hundred beats a minute too, and you know, and it's like 
and the in the breakdown you know it's all like it's got like it's extreme and, yeah it's like it's like they're mixing this death death metal like ultra fast death metal with the breakdown now and you're like oh, okay well i see where this is going like this is kind of like at least they're, they're changing it up and it's just going to keep evolving but um yeah it'd be crazy to see what's going to happen about like 10 years with it all started with opening the gates dude that morbid yeah yeah it's that now it's that but it's like 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 chunking it's like chunking over that is what that orna short song is like it's like yeah 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 yeah. that that's a that's an interesting thing i want to point out too is i feel like um you know earlier i was saying like if i have an i if i am having a conflicted idea in my head when i'm when i'm writing we're like, is this disfiguring the goddess? I don't even, I don't, I don't even think like that. I never like overly critique anything outside of the flow. I get in the flow, and I'm in the flow, you know. And I, yeah. I, 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 I write it out. And the quicker I can write something out, the better it's gonna be. Like my favorite disfiguring the goddess albums took me like two to three weeks, you oh, know. Shit. It's just like you're yeah. in the pocket Amen. the whole time. It's done, you know. That's where I, I feel like I get the most out of it, but. Like li- listening to older death metal, I feel like, and I I see this a lot in new newer, um I guess like you would call it deathcore because I feel like deathcore is like one of the more progressive, heavier genres now. It's like I I feel like the experimenting is is uh so necessary for like the the style. And it like mm-hmm. p- bands were always trying new things or had like their own little style and whatnot. And um, like, that's something I want to do with like this figuring or not when I like not want to do, but like when I think of con- contributing, I-, I-, I want people to hear certain things I'm doing in disfiguring and be like, Oh, that makes me want to do this. Like I want to write music now. Like, not like, like this, but like, Take a I'm step. Going to, it just inspires. Yeah. It gives. Yeah. It lights the fire under the booty of the listener. Definitely. Get up show, and go do show something. people that they can start doing. Like this is okay to do. Right. You know yeah. I mean? Dude, next and, album you should just name fucking Booty Fire, dude. <laughs> booty Fire. <laughs> it's lighting a fire under fucking the booties of everyone's. I mean that you know, like creativity. It's not, it's not a bad idea. That's a great. <laughs> that's a. I mean that that is a great goal to have, right? right? That's a great goal to have with your art because, I mean, an artist could be like, I'm putting this out because it's mine and I'm showing you guys that I'm fucking sick. Or you could be like, I'm putting this out to hopefully um, further push um, art in a direction, you know? A, yeah. A of, you know, a little sliver of the art world in a new direction. I mean, this thing, no matter what we do to it, guys, it's going to evolve. That's one thing about metal that is so <laughs> fucking great is that it, it's never going to be stopped. And it's all, if, if it hits a certain wall, it's going to find its way around that wall to move forward and, and in a new way and, and without the help of anybody else, you know? Dan yeah. used a wall, a wall reference. Look at the, look at this background. <laughs> yeah, dude. No, he's he's a he's past the wall. He's he broke through it and he's moving forward on the next disfiguring album, dude. I think there was a I guy really... that came up with that first. So, uh, oh yeah, Pink Floyd. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I I really think it's like the best time ever for music. And like, as much as I want to say, 2006 was the golden year of culture. Shout out DJ right. Two Stacks. What up? But 
this is <laughs> I really think it's like the most exciting time ever for music. I think it is. Too, I've dude. never been more inspired to like not just create, but create fast and put it out. You know, like I don't know, an experiment. Think, you know, that, do like, things that are risky. Coming yeah, from yeah. the ruins of what we just came out of, you know, being stuck in your house, everybody didn't know what the fuck was going on. You know, I think that like even before it, you could probably in the beginning of this show, me, you know, I know that I was thinking about this, which is I was very excited to hear all the art on music or see all the art and, and hear all the music that came out of that that turmoil that happened for all of humans dude you know and and the the riot you know the the phoenix rises from the ashes type deal of what what is going to be the new pathways after something like that and and i feel that now everybody's supercharged from it because we all you know we as humans feel you know, if you're in a position where this can happen, that you constantly want to move forward and progress. Well, if that's if something gets in the way of that, it's going to make you want to progress more and more and more. And then, boom! Now the the barrier's gone, and everybody kind of went into it running. You know, and that's a good thing, I think, because everybody's inspired to get out there and do shit again. You know. I don't know. Long rant about I yeah. don't even know if it had anything to do with what we were talking about, but <laughs> no, I think that was a good. I think that was a good kind of moment for a lot of things. You know, it was a good because uh, everyone dealt with it however they wanted to deal with it. You could have, uh, you know, because ha- when I in like 2015 to like maybe later 2018, 2019 probably later 2019, I like kind of was not trying to do a lot of stuff. You know, I was mm-hmm. not trying to play mm-hmm. shows. I was not trying to put out a lot of music. I was not trying to like, especially do things without any type of pressure. I didn't like, like any, uh, like, you know, we're talking earlier really my, my, my progression. Like I was doing, doing great, got to this place. And I was also, I was like, well, I've like been no breaks. Like, I don't even know what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know. 24 years old 25 years old i don't know anything you know what i mean i mean i know about music but i also don't know about all the other stuff that's important that you know allows you to keep creating good music or whatever so i kind of had like my little like social isolation i guess kind of phase then and um when the pandemic happened i was in austin texas which is probably the best place in the world to be the (laughs) pandemic (laughs) <laughs> and I was around like a bunch of DJ friends and they were all like, Oh, my dates are getting canceled. And I was like, this is going to be fucking awesome. Like we're all going to be stuck here. Like I'm going to go to your house every day. Like we're just going to like get obsessed with things without like this anticipation or pressure on other right, things right, you have right, in your yeah. life. And, and I got to take this group of people and we all got like really deep on certain types of dance music and whatnot. And I got to expose them on a couple different types of dance music that I don't think they would ever get in the time of day if they were like constantly touring all the time. They're like, yeah, whatever. Like that, that's not what works at my shows. I'm like, yeah, but can't you see, like you, you, I'm just trying to expose and give them the, the time where they can like experiment a little bit or get into things. So like, it was, it was awesome. I, I, uh, during the time I spent most of it DJing, 
and getting better at DJing, getting obsessed with DJing. Um, obsessed. Like we, we were at the beginning when it was like scary, we we're all on Twitch every day DJing. And it was sick. Shout out Grizzly. Shout out Grizzly on the beat TV. Um, and then when things in Austin were kind of warming up, we like worked out a, a couple of things with different clubs and we we're like, cause no one wanted to play or tour cause of the bad PR. And we were like, uh, we live here. Like we'll play every Friday and Thursday night. And they were like, all right, like, sounds good. As we like, ex- as the, the state was expanding the, the regulations on like what they could do and, and all that, whatever, mm-hmm. however anyone was figuring anything out. Right. Right. And, yeah. um, and it, it was awesome because we, we like got to grow um, with like the city once again. And then, you know, we were playing bottle service clubs and I got really into like dance pop and pop music again and dance house and pop mixed together and stuff. And then when I got out of that, I was going to make some music again. And I was like, I'm just going to make pop for like, I'm going to write like 70 pop songs. And I did, I wrote just like, and they weren't pop but they were like different styles, but following like a pop format. Mm-hmm. And I realized that all dance music is basically have, it's instead of like pop is like intro verse, pre-chorus, chorus, verse, mm-hmm. pre-chorus, chorus, bridge, chorus. Like that's the, the standard and you mm-hmm. can change it. Right. Dance music is the same thing, but instead of um, like intro verse is kind of like the beat. And then pre-chorus is a usually or verse usually is a breakdown and pre-chorus usually is a build and the, the drop is usually the chorus, right? So they're, yeah. they're very similar if you change the names around. And um, like I just got obsessed with writing music uh, more uh, structurally, um, I would say limited. And yeah. because of those limitations, it allowed the creativity to explode. Because I never had to be yeah. like, oh, this is a cool riff. What do I do with it? It's like it, you give me like eight bars. I'm like, oh, that's a full song. Like, you know, watch. I'll start, you know, building it out, you know. And so I, I feel like by limiting my uh, what I was trying to accomplish, I got way more creative. And, it, it, you know, then you can get creative within that, too, where it's like oh, it sounds lame if you're just keeping it there. But you can start to like look at a verse or a pre-chorus as like it's if you're looking in metal too like you could look at a pre-chorus as like different sections put together i don't know i'm just going in a little deeper there but i love it i i feel like a lot of that work wasn't necessarily like public but now this year i feel like a lot of the stuff is going to start coming out to fruition from like that period of like 2020 to um this this time yeah shout out shout out uh curtis curtis bass i got this post on my website it's the only blog post it's called making music on a computer and basically i feel like all problems with making music on a computer comes down to two things it's either technical to do with how do i do this and uh usually that hiccup of not knowing how to do something could hurt your flow state or like you don't know how to you know, work a certain instrument or whatever, anything technical. But the other thing is songwriting. And I think most people think that songwriting problems are technical problems. And if you can be really good at songwriting and be shit at technicality and probably write way better music than someone who's good at the technical stuff, but has no clue that songwriting is even a thing, even Mm -hmm. though they're making music on a computer. 
you know right. it's like anytime someone sends me something and it's like 30 seconds long i'm like why don't you just turn into a full song like it's just build it out you know and if you think of these like these ways of writing music and th- this is a big thing right here too i can connect and this circles back to some throwback stuff the the difference between like music is artistic music is expression music is to me movement which i think we've all established is something we like we're, we're just like you get a movement you get a groove going you get a, a and this is a bpm this is a beat right but the way you feel is a key you mm-hmm. know and each key has a different vibration and the vibrations make people feel differently and as a dj we were only playing in certain keys and it was just me and my buddy at some clubs and some of us and some other nights, but there'd be like five of us and we'd all be in rotation all night. But this one club, it was just me and my buddy almost always in rotation. And when it was get really packed, we'd play at the same time. Like in the beginning, we'd do like maybe an hour switch off. And then when it get popping, we'd do like two or three tracks each. And we'd just be going back and forth, back and forth. Mm-hmm. And we'd keep it in the same key and we'd communicate between each other when we'd ship keys or you just go with your gut. Like it's time to ship keys. And you could feel the shift in the room when you shift keys properly, you know? So that's, that's the thing about how I feel about music. It's a, it's a, it's a movement and all this and everything comes from death metal comes from this punk rock comes from this techno comes from this, all this stuff. But I want, I always make this distinction and this is how I think about it with the songwriting aspects and how, how it um, complements art and and, a creativity and whatnot. I think about um, punk music and how punk, all the artistic uh, attributes of punk rock, right? The attitude being a huge one, right? Mm, yeah. And the attitude influencing the way they played, you know, influencing the type of, of riffs they played, I- influencing the type of way they would sing or yell or whatever it was, influencing the, the beats, right? The whole attitude, the, everything. And I think that what happened, and I think the, the kings of it are Blink-182, because Blink-182 started off, as, started off as a punk band. You listen to early Blink-182, it's like punk, right? It's fast, you know, it's yeah. whatever. But at some point, they learned how to write a song. And that is a huge element that I think so many things that are, like, especially we're all into as, like, being huge fans of alternative music. Yeah. It's something we, like, don't recognize immediately because we're drawn to the attitude. We're drawn to, like, whatever is happening, Right. But the thing yeah. that gets missed on, which I also think like the, the 70s and probably like 80s did really well. But the 70s especially was like they wrote just great songs like yeah. the Bee Gees, the Eagles, like these people wrote songs and they, they, they they're not sitting around guessing like they, they get something going and they all go, OK, let's build off that. And they just start writing the song. It's not like this magical thing. It is right because it's a moment and it's a flow state but they know how to write us and that's like the the big uh differentiator i think with blank when eight two what happened is they took punk rock music and they learned how to yeah. write songs and then they started writing yeah. awesome songs so i think there's like a um once you can start to see that and start to think about stuff like that um you'll you'll just get you know more confident in how you can uh it sounds like hit, it, hit things. it's finding you know? finding the perfect balance between feel and structure, maybe, you know? Totally. If you're with the Blink-182 thing, I'm, I'm saying, it's, you know, following the structure, but still finding the, the, the feel 
and the and the the mood that you're trying to portray within that structure and you know you get to the more underground you know styles of music and all this we more so just go off of mood the structure kind of gets thrown I, out the window i mean the, the time. i think also too like you kind of hit a point right there where i'm thinking of the eagles and stuff i've watched the documentary which is a great documentary it's like one of my so favorite good. documentaries. yeah and uh they were just going like it's like a snowball that starts like how do we what's going on and then it gets bigger and then all of a sudden it just gets huge and all of a sudden they're just writing constantly like in a flow state like you're saying like it's just a constant like they're just jams are coming out in this time and they're coming out like they're writing them in a like a week or two you know they're just all coming out uh versus like someone like wanting to oh no, let's break this down let's slow this let's figure this out they're, it's like they're just letting it all fucking hang out and they have their the formula that they have and, they, and they've changed it around they're like well, how about this okay we have our formula well this song will change it you know the verse over here you know what i mean they'll like change things around and change the formula around once they're so comfortable and doing you know truckloads of cocaine they like mm -hmm. really got like uh, <laughs> like got really got a flowing with it though in that documentary it was just like it was like they were trying to like oh we want to make our own music and it was like they started and it's like cool then all of a sudden the fucking snowball just went you know got bigger and bigger Writing things, music, writing music on cocaine has got to be the hardest thing because everything probably sounds sick when you're writing. You know what I'm saying? It's like it you're might, on coke yeah. and you're just like, dude, this is fucking great. You know, but you might end up with shit in the morning because your your optimism was too high on the cocaine. Never tried it. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like a hard uh, uh, a reward dice to roll. You know Battle, what I mean? Battleforgecoffee.com. Two things I <laughs> two of my favorite things in that documentary are um I like the the and this these all kind of come from post these guys the main core getting to Los Angeles is I like how they all got like Don Henley got set up with the other guys mm -hmm. and they had to the, they had to move to like Oregon or whatever and just be like a cover band and just like learn how to get a room going yeah you know. Beatles did that too. They did that in, um, um, I think the Netherlands, they would go out there like every, every summer or something. And they would just play like eight hour sets every day. And they got yeah. good at playing to a room and they, they knew how to get the room going. Right. And then they would go and write songs. But in the Eagles documentary, the second part I like is when Don Henley lived with this guy who was not in the Eagles, but he was a songwriter and he played piano and he said he would wake up in the morning and he would Jackson hear Brown. this guy and Jackson, yeah. Jackson Brown. Yeah, yeah. He learned how to learn how to write songs by listening to this guy build them. He would be like yep. doodling around and then he'd get something and then Don Henley would would hear him build from it and put it into a song and just do it consistently. Mm -hmm. You know? Yep. And uh to to be consistent, you have to have a system. Right. You know, you have to have a uh you know, and it's like, you know, you could be as systematic as you want, but if you don't have like that, 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 that vibe or that energy to put, to, to put into the system, then it's like, doesn't work. Right. So right. I've never, I'm never worried about, uh, you know, having an original feeling or vibe or, you know, some kind of like noteworthy, unique contribution thing that we're all like, that's cool. You know, that, that, that's cool thing. But once you, uh, can learn how to write songs i think that's like where, where where shit like switches up a bit but you know obviously there's a and like with disfiguring like i i like 
I don't know. It's it's hard for me to talk about some of this stuff because like a lot of like what what we're this like point in time when we're having this conversation, a lot of the stuff I'm talking about, I've I've put into effect, but it's not public yet. So we can't yeah. like we can't like hear or or like speak on these. We're yeah, you can't be like this is how I did it with Carnival. You're saying this is how I'm doing it currently, but I have you you guys haven't heard anything that I'm working on right now, so I can't really have anything as an example. It's difficult because it. I feel like having music out gives you the foundation to speak on certain things. You know what I mean? And like me being on this podcast right now is an example of Carnival being out. Like Carnival being out has given me more of a foundation to use my voice and to connect with different people through mm-hmm. the music, right? right. Um, and, you know, we've, we've gotten to a point where I'm talking about this other stuff I'm kind of doing. And it's, there's, there's, there's not a foundation for it yet to really speak on, right? So like some of the things I would like talk about maybe right now with creativity and songwriting and direction and um risk taking especially like you know especially with disfiguring like learning how to write better songs makes me want to take bigger risk right you know what i mean and uh i think that's sick like i i don't i care i I, i'm like oh you can write a song now it's like make riskier music then like yeah it makes it more exciting gives you more adrenaline and dopamine involved in it when things work out but that's that's kind of the whole thing that we're doing with this right i mean why why continue making things and and putting them out there if we're not you know feeling oh shit you know like kind of you know getting that that electricity from it you know if if it's dead with no electricity why would we put any time into it you know definitely definitely and i don't like i don't like the idea and this is sometimes where i'm quiet on the internet especially when there's like a gap between albums or like uh, an album comes out that i feel like um like sometimes I've released an album, it's a, it's like a bass hit, but I might not like feel that way. So I don't want to want to say anything about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I uh, like I, I feel like it's I can never talk or be myself on the internet, especially if I don't have like this that foundation where these accolades come into play. Because we could talk about old accolades all day, from right? Like Ten years ago, but like I I don't own like that's that's cool. And I've, I've kind of like grown more to like be proud of all of those things and be like, yeah, that is cool. Cause I'm, yeah. I'm always so focused on the next thing and so focused on like what it is I'm uh, trying to contribute in like a greater fashion than, than like older things. And, you know, time has my maturity has played into that. And also some of the effects of some of the things I used to do like that maybe something I wasn't super stoked on. And now I can see like, Hey, that is pretty cool. Like the, the, the vocal videos or like I goddess or something like w- there was a period where I was like, not stoked on I goddess. I was like, this is lame. And then now I'm like, that's pretty cool. Like that's like an OG, like seed of modern death core is mm-hmm. I goddess, that video. I'm like, that's pretty cool. Like, but I, I'm still like, don't want to like, go around talking about it because I, I, right. i'm always on to, the, on to the next thing and i feel like the yeah, accolades and- like your, your ability to have an, a voice or to be inspiring should be dependent on like if you're actually walking the walk 
if you're actually doing this shit like every day. I don't care if you did something cool 10 years ago. I want to know if you're doing something cool like still. That's how you know I, I mean? feel all the time, dude, when like and Joel probably feels this too when we when people come up to him and talk about decrepit birth and odious mortem or if if somebody talks about servile or cryptic, I I appreciate that that those albums made an impact on those people that that you know have the courage to come up and say that but i don't i I, it's so far in my past that i don't have that same connection so it's kind of just like oh yeah dude that is that one thing that i did you know and it's cool that you're down and i'm glad that it's still likes uh you know something that's being talked about today that that part is cool about it but like my connection with that art isn't like as extreme as the person who's talking to me about it. So it's just like, it's kind of this weird thing where I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do, I'm, I'm in the middle of hitting a wall in my writing right now. And I'm, so this is what's going on in my head. I'm, I'm like trying to make the new thing and I'm slow right now with like working on it. And you're talking about something that I've already done. And I'm just like, sick dude yeah i'm trying yeah. to get this thing done and it, I, it's, I'm it's not gonna good really to be proud you. of it though you know yeah, like, totally. it, yeah, it's, yeah. it's 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 really you can definitely be proud of it and help celebrate certain things with other people and without, i can't get um, to that point where it's like feeling I like you're like you know what i mean like I, and that's something i've i've learned as i've gotten older like where i'm like all right like it is cool to celebrate past wins for sure you know what right. I mean? but I, you know i think i don't know i think, and I, I think a lot is of such uh, an important thing in uh, so many other aspects of my life like why can't i be nostalgic about the stuff that i've made in the past as well and think about where i was in my life when i made that you know fucking 15 years ago or something and try and connect with it again you know I think your intentions matter too. Like if your intentions are for like the betterment of, of, of either yourself or like through or of other people or something like, especially like what you guys are doing, like putting so many people on and giving this people in the scene, such a, a, like a, the platform to have a, a voice and to, for you guys to like contribute with this, the conversations that do that. Mm-hmm. It's like th- there, there is a side to things where like, it's not that you always have to be, I don't, I don't like you guys are creating stuff. So I don't want to say like, I don't creating is the word I don't want to use, but it's also, you guys are still doing it, but it's like, there's like a, a teaching element that I think is very important. And then like a, like an inspiring element that is very important or like a, me, uh, I don't say mentoring element, but like, uh, yeah, I, I mean that's that's that's, that's pretty much i mean how i look at it i mean for me like if someone comes up i mean if they talk about the podcast or that whenever someone comes up and they're like oh yeah i fucking love the podcast i'm like i i use it as like a therapy on thursday to get drunk and talk to people i want to talk to it's kind of like a thing i know same with like music um like you know people talk about cryptic and stuff that's like because you know get get so many people hit me up about cryptic and stuff and um it's a it's an album we did, Crypting Implosion, in two thousand seven. I think it was. It was a yep. long time ago, <clears throat> but um, it's to me like I I never liked. I mean, I don't dislike it, but at the same time, um, like when I hang out with friends that are like like Dan Kenny, when I hang out with Dan Kenny, 
he'll be like, oh, this is my friend Joel. He did this, this, this you know, that's how he introduces me to people. Yeah. You know, like, to go like, all right, he like he's sick is what he's trying to say. He's like, oh, he's super yeah. sick. You know what I mean? And to me, he's done like sick things. Yeah, yeah. And, and to me, like that time in between, like me not getting to know the person and him describing me. Yeah, like, just sitting the there. Awkward. It's the most awkward thing that it, I, I, I don't. I, I want people to know me, like as like a dude that just like works for a living and does. I, I don't want like me to be described as like oh this is joel and he's cool because this is i'm like dude just let me talk for a second i'm i think i'm pretty cool because like i can you know that I kind of i don't like the, the ego part for me is gone i'm just like i don't like that at all I'm, I no for sure but that yeah. the anti-ego um <laughs> mentality is gonna make you think like that but maybe you can also be like this is dan's way of uh getting rid of certain hoops that you would have to jump through yeah yeah get no, to i get it uncomfortable part of the conversation you know hey here's here's commonalities that you guys have if you're down with projects that he's so it's just like kind of like the the that's the optimistic way of looking at it is and i've said it about being into underground metal and going to shows and all that you just have these uh, certain social hoops that you don't have to jump through to get to a certain level just be like oh dude we're already on this level let's fucking party dude you know dude. but yeah building a building a dope reputation <laughs> i just got dog baller with my slippers dude no nah, but all right all right we've been the house slippers. Your microphone's all kind of quiet. You're all like, dude, I just heard both. I got dog poop all over my slippers. Oh, you slept in dog shit. It's raining, and so my dog like did his diarrhea walk all over the patio, and I didn't even notice it. I stepped out for a second, and I was just like, that's not mud. And I was like, sweet, ruined a pair of slippers like in like 30 seconds. That reminds me of that Ab Sandler movie where he likes that. Bag on fire and it's oh yeah, it's pooping. Oh in. yeah, dude. <laughs> He's always stepped in the shit. <laughs> he, he called, called the, the poop. poop. Or he called the poop shit. Or no, uh, no, shit he, poop. yeah, yeah. Right, right. he called the shit poop. Uh, That's so funny. Uh, uh, I mean, so and funny. now if you, sh- if you show that to someone, like it's like this is a perfect example of why people listen or like older generations listen to certain styles of music and they're like this was the time it's like if you show that fucking scene to a kid nowadays they're probably like like a like a teenager like a but it's already seen all the fucking instagram reels and shit it's like he called the shit poop they'll be like uh and they'll be like you know what i mean they'll be just like where's the punchline (laughs) you know what i mean it's like (laughs) so it's so like saturated now back to saturation but it's so like people like we're just sitting like, dude, you remember that fucking first riff in Paranoid Brother? That was, just, you, know, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? It's like the same kind of thing, you know. When I think of that. Yeah, that is funny. It's just fun. Like I, uh, I think about Pantera all the time. Like we're talking about like music that got you into stuff. Like I got into, you know, a couple soundtracks. Like I was into like, you know, started getting to Metallica and stuff, and then I started getting. Um, like I was into Radius Radius Machine, and then I had a guitar. How are you? How are like, you coming across this? Were you? Did you have friends or cousins or older brother, older sister? Who was feeding you certain things? Yeah, you know, I had an older cousin that fed me a lot of dope shit. 
Like yeah. he fed me all kinds of stuff. He fed me like Alice DJ better off alone. He fed me Dr. Dre 2001. Nice. And like, and that stuff. But then he also fed me like uh lamb of God, Zayo, um, cradle of filth. So he was you know, diverse like, too. And he was not like a metal guy. He like he he was not a he just liked all kinds of music, but he was like, you check this stuff out. But th- right. it's fun. This stuff he was kind of more so planting the seed. Because I remember how Lamb of God sounded the first time I heard it, dude. It sounded like too, pure dude. noise. And I stri- describe that to people when I'm getting them into metal or they if they don't like metal, I'm like, it's really an acquired taste. Like like it's kind of like when you drink, when you learn how to drink wine or something, if you don't like the taste of wine right away, you're like, ugh, it's gross. And then like, yeah. you, you, you just keep kind of trying a little bits and eventually you're like, oh, okay. And then eventually you're like, that's perfect. I kind of like this, you know, it's the same as like a, that, like, a, like, a, God. Like, a like a kid, like giving like a kid beer. They're like, ew, give them wine, right. ew, yeah. give them coffee, ew, they hate all of it. But as like, as it, as you try it more, you're like, all right. I'm getting it. Oh, I get the flavor. The the back of the like the mouth fail. You know, like you start to actually like go through the the it's fucking acquiring the taste. That's what acquiring. Yeah, that's, that's totally thing. So <laughs> like Lamb of God sound like pure noise, and it was like yeah. I was like this is too much for me. But I and when I was like twelve, maybe maybe eleven, twelve. I had a uh, guitar teacher. I don't know how many, how many lessons I took from him. Shout out Davin. I think he plays in a band or played in a band called Stolen Babies too, which I actually looked up oh, like a, a little while yeah. ago. Yeah. I, I looked him up a little Stolen while ago Babies, and I was bro. like, I was like, this is this is a legitimate band. And like Dude, that was his band they, like back I'm in the day. Put it on me. A stratosphere. I'm wearing this shirt right now. I we watched them play open up for a stratosphere and they were on the end records. They had a chick uh voc- front front yeah. woman that played an accordion right yeah they were kind of eccentric and he worked with my aunt and my aunt knew he played guitar and she was like do you do lessons my my nephew is learning how to play guitar and he was like yeah and so he came to my house i don't know how many lessons i had from him but like he like taught me drop d tuning really early on like i liked metallica and like green day and the ramones and stuff and i i don't really think i liked punk that much but i think i was like wanting to listen to more like a, like harder music and punk looks like it's hard but it, when you listen to it it's like eh, this isn't very like this isn't very sick you know what i mean <laughs> yeah you know like you think the ramones or the misfits like look like they're gonna be like the most death metal band ever and you hear it and you're like eh, right this is, this is whatever um i mean i like all that stuff later on but uh he 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 like taught me uh like a, i think we were talking about metallica or something he was a huge metallica fan and he was like he's like you should check out pantera and he goes they they tune their guitars like this and he did he taught me how to drop tune and like showed me like the the riff from walk and then when i got a hold of like the first that cowboys from hell um display of power and uh far beyond driven it was yeah. like game it was game Done. over game over it was dude. game over and yeah, yeah. I st- on the nostalgic front which is what we're talking about i s- i still don't think bands sound that heavy as those records like especially like far beyond driven is like the nastiest 
heaviest record I've in sound I've ever heard. I, I can't hear like production wise. Like the everything. song "Shedding Skin" on "Far Beyond Driven" is probably my all-time favorite Pantera song. And that that fucking hit number one on Billboard, by the way. Well, let you know that that album hit number one. That's crazy. Number one on Billboard. That hit, and they went like. That's like one of the last like real metal albums to hit number one. But I mean, it's the thing. It's Dimebag with his his riffs. Yeah. I mean, he's like a he's he's my generation's our generation's Jimi Hendrix. He's like, and he, and you could tell like even in the simplest things he does, like the soul that he brings. Like people oh, like yeah. they, they like people. You know, there's the the new Pantera out nowadays with Zach Wild, and Zach Wild's a great guitar player. But I'm like. It's not there though at all. Like the the the, the like you said with punk, like the attitude, the everything that different he had. Soul. Yeah, it's a, it's a different. I mean, it's his best friend, and that's fucking rad that he's supporting his best friend like that. Even though they waited till Vinnie Paul to die to do it. But um, wait like real quick before you sit down. <laughs> there was a fun fact that I wanted to mention real quick when we brought up Stolen Babies is the drummer of that band replaced Chris Penny from uh, Dylan Pantera. After- no, no. We're talking about Stolen Babies, Chris Penny from Dillinger Escape Plan. I didn't mention Pantera anywhere in that sentence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just kidding. I was just, just right kidding. And uh, but yeah, dude, that that just goes to show that that dude actually fucking plays drums. When you listen to Stolen Babies, you might not realize. I mean, yeah, he can he plays sick in that band too, but you might not realize that that dude can take Chris Penny's spot once he leaves under escape plan you know what i'm saying and he did and he fucking rips dude that's all yeah totally think. yeah totally but pantera was sick um <laughs> so- <Fuck> you dude <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry sorry <laughs> i know you're stuck on the stolen babies when you because i, saw I just want because like, no i, I didn't saw wanna... cam, no, cam changed the subject and you were like but i have more because i cut everybody else i cut everybody off all the time 118 episodes in and i was like wait this is still no, the one thing I that, one say. thing that's hard about this podcast Main is that, like no i'll, I'll hold it like Meh. you guys will like be talking about something but everyone's talking the whole time but i'll have I'll be like i got something sick to say about the subject and then the subject gets changed and i'm like well I'm see, I'm see. That's that's <laughs> me being like, I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna bring it out. back. Anthony, babies. Anthony's like, I'm bringing it back, motherfucker. We're talking. <laughs> no, I actually want to bring it back to camera, dude. This is like the probably the, yeah, 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 yeah. For the totally. longest weeds we've been in ever, dude. But we we like to hear like high school what was going like. Okay, so that was one of the main questions I asked. Who's feeding you your shit? So you got an older cousin. He's he's building that fucking love and 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 hunger for new metal and other music like um i want to know what's the first instrument you wanted to start playing drums was it no uh i think Uh, i played piano a little bit and then i got into guitar because it's the ultimate soul stick of expression yep yep it is people just play everyone plays it different you know like uh devin townsend has this video about like just picking differently Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and uh, man, it's so sick. Like he just talks about these subtle little differences of how you pick and how much of a difference it makes. And I, those are things I was like, like really keened into of how I played, but I would not really, like I couldn't verbalize it. Like I wouldn't think to say that out loud, or you know, yeah. not, you know, I was like, whoa, he's, duh, you know, um, that that's probably you know, I think one of those things about certain guitar players, just like they just play it. They just play and people play every instrument like a certain type of way. 
but like i don't know when you when that's that's what separates people i think is you know how, how yeah, they yeah. they bring these little details in like how you're talking no, about dying when he just plays exactly. something one type of way it's like because we'll get into yeah. like like amp talks and stuff you know? and people are like what, what 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 equipment are you using like what what amp and then you know it turns into like hey dying played a kind of a shit like if you want to fucking play a, an amp and you want to go out and find a good piece of gear like you don't go play with dime had that was like that's considered garbage hey, it's, like a... <laughs> it's all good <laughs> i know i know where you're going you're, you're getting on to how it's yeah, all, that... in, uh, all in the hands dude well, it's all in the hands it's all in the it's all in the like that's why i blues is pretty sick when you start getting a guitar because at, at first you're like yeah i get the blues whatever blah, blah, blah. Like, through the wall <laughs> yeah i know you just came through like a fucking kool-aid man out there <laughs> but like uh <laughs> but uh it's it's one of those things with just like how you fucking how you express yourself on it like yeah like i mean right now i'm starting to play again so i'm like i'm learning opeth songs and stuff and i'm like i'm doing the things and stuff and i'm like i'm not i'm not playing it like they're playing it but i'm playing it like how i think it should be played or like mm-hmm. how i want to play it, how i want to play it for fun but how they're doing it just maybe one it's like a strumming thing and they do like one little extra strum or they they vibrato the middle part of the chord the middle you know what i mean like they do something like different that gives it their like allure and vibe of like you just i don't know buy into it more when you hear it you know it's also you know totally your ears like already knows what the song is too so you're like okay well you hear someone playing it again it, it's always a little bit more stale right whenever you hear like oh someone yeah covering something, it's like a it's like kind of like a old chip that you eat. You're like, uh, I mean, I can the taste is there, but like the I have to chew through this fucking thing now for like three minutes to get like to swallow it. But that's basically what I see with a lot of covers. You know, like a lot of people aren't mm-hmm. like they're not taking it to they're not putting their own. I mean, a lot of people are trying to put their own personal spin on it, but they're when they try to be the artist that they're in like covering, you can just immediately be like bullshit. You know, it's like mm-hmm. that bullshit card comes out like immediately, you know, totally. Emulation is a great way to develop techniques and skills and stuff, but you're never going to see like what you're really about until you start like, like even like just putting your own into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like gi- yep. giving yourself into um, the music or the instrument is is where you're going to get that. Like, you're going to see what what you're all about and find find your you know, styles and whatnot. I, you know, we're talking about like feeling and, and all that. I, there's like a famous video on YouTube I love. Do you guys know who Derek Trucks is? Uh-uh. He's a um, guitar player. Mm-hmm. He's like one of those like top dude guitar players. Plays blues really, really well. Uh, he's kind of like a, I think he used to play or his, 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 someone in his family was in the Almond Brothers or like, was related around the Almond Brothers thing. And he was like a kid around the Almond Brothers. And then he was playing with them when he was like a kid. Yeah. And yeah. All, all, all man brothers. All man brothers. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I think all he was man. kind of involved with like some Grateful Dead kind of stuff. I'm not really okay. sure there, but he eventually like started his own thing. And his, his thing now is called, uh, Derek Trucks band and Trucks is his wife and they, they tour and stuff. They're incredible. So I'll get to this, this video I'm going to talk about that. I'll talk about my first time seeing Derek Trucks live. Okay. I was living in Seattle 
And a friend of mine was involved in this production company that was big in Seattle and they were doing concerts all summer long. And my sister and her boyfriend at the time were coming to visit. And she was like, Hey, you guys should come out to this, this concert in the park. They were doing these concerts in the park all summer. And it was like, not in Seattle. It was like in a, a different little Island thing out there. Right. And uh, I was like, all right, yeah, let's, let's go check it out. So we go check it out and she's showing us around and she's like, yeah, there's like food trucks over there and there's the band. And like, she didn't really tell us much of the band. The band was like, like kind of like, you know, people were like, you know, dancing and doing all their like, you know, old, older people jam band dance and stuff. And like, yeah. you know, we're checking it out. I'm like, this is cool. This is cool. And I start watching the band for a little bit. And it's like a bigger band, you know, and there's Tedeschi's a, she sings and she rips on guitar and, and stuff, but like trucks doesn't sing. He just plays guitar and I'm watching it and trucks is like soloing. I just kind of caught it at one of those moments. And it was like within probably like five seconds, I was like, this is not a normal guitar player. Like this is not yeah. like just some guy who's good at guitar. And I kept watching it and I was like, this, this, like th this is, this is not, I was like, wait, 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 what's happening? Like, <laughs> and if you watch his style, it's, it's not like he's like doing the crazy shit in the world. It's just like the way he plays it is just like on yeah. another level. And, and, and then you look around yourself like, and everybody's just like dancing and you're like, wait, nobody else sees what fucking amazingness is happening right now. Uh, I, I, they were all, they all knew what was going oh, okay. on. The people okay. who were at the show, like they're, they're obviously uh, Derek trucks fans and stuff, but I, I didn't know who he was. So I'm watching this guy and I'm like, this guy's amazing. Like, this is something I've never seen anyone like this before. Or, yeah, I'm watching him right or, now. It's insane. Seen anything like it? And I remember I, on the way home, I was like, I called my mom and I was like, Hey, like, we just saw the <laughs> you concert. Made you call like, your mom. You're literally like, I gotta call my mom after this fucking gig. Yeah. Well, I'm, I was I'm like, we just saw the craziest guitar player, and she goes, Who'd you see? And I was like, uh, Derek Trucks, Tedeschi Trucks. She goes. You saw Derek Trucks, and she starts going on and on and on about like yeah. everything he's done and stuff. But he's got this video, and it's like a BB King. I'm watching that right thing. now. I'm watching that right can now you with, share, with John Mayer. With John Mayer. With John Mayer. With John. I'm watching Mayer. it right and, now, dude. Dude, can we just? Watch it? I gotta. I want to watch it. Okay. I want to watch it. It's so sick, dude. I was just watching. So to break it down a little bit, he's using a slide in a way that's so like. It's still it's Stevie Ray Vaughan passionate. Like, I don't know. I'll, I'll tell you in a second. Or I'll right. show you. But that was insane. I just watched like, yeah, what you were talking about. excited on this, dude. I'm definitely going to be doing some homework after this episode on this, dude. He's he's one of the yeah. sickest. Because I've, oh, nice. I've come across enough names to where I kind of know, but like Derek Trucks has never come across my radar. That name. He's got to be like. I don't know how many of these guys are alive right now, but there's got to be like a small group of people who are on this kind of level. There you go. Yeah, go John out. Mayer. John Mayer's so yeah, John sick. Mayer. He's so sick. I hear he's, he's really sick. He's so sick. Dude, he's, he's a sick blues player. Yeah. There we go. He's, uh, all, he's... Uh, I don't know the next part was uh, 
Watch we're, his wife. We were yeah. just talking about it all being in the hands, dude. That's his wife on the right. I want to see her. She's shred. Look, John Mayer's like, fuck this shit. Like, Bring it on back down. <laughs> back down. I tell you what, it's, it's a good thing that I'm a boy. Uh, I was a girl. <laughs> Every time you started playing like that, you wouldn't have to say nothing, John. <laughs> I got a little thing I want to put in there right quick. Keep it down, guys. <laughs> Someone a legend. really loves legend. you. Guess who? Guess who? Someone really cares. John Mayer is like, why the fuck am I even here? Guess who? Dude, he's insane. He keeps looking back like shit. You don't like the thing up here. All right here. Blame that so long, again that you did. Here we go, yeah. I see why you married him. <laughs> John Mayer just stopped playing altogether. Yeah, yeah. Damn, he's hot there, nothing. Yeah, he's hot. Yeah. That's so hard to do, by the way. Mayor's like, what the fuck? Yeah. So well, explain to me. Like, he's got it. He's got the slide going, but was he's, that the slide? But he's doing finger picking like, like Lindsey Buckingham at the same time, like the Fleetwood Mac Lindsey Buck. Like he can do. So he's doing like play with a slide with a guitar, electric guitar for like ten minutes, and under, like you'll understand like how hard it is. Yeah, because the clean. slide is just basically kind of simplifying it in a sense, right? Because that part no chords involved. Oh no, that part makes sense. But the part that that's, that blind uh, blinds me. Is uh <laughs> is the uh part that he he's muting so much things because there's when you're doing a slide there's so many notes that could be ringing it's right, right. He's like muting I'm, th I'm thinking I'm like, like he knows how to bend the slide to miss no it's his, it's his right hand his right hand's muting things he's like muting with his right hand because like it's Whoa. such a noisy thing if you're gonna be like jumping strings with the slide that's a nightmare so the fact that that's why John Mayer's probably just like what the fuck is this mutant, this is insane because he's he's mutant. he's playing it. And yeah, he's playing insane. Like that's like that's so hard Super to do. impressive, he's dude. He's yeah. so crazy. After that solo where John Mayer just like gives up on life. It's funny too, because BB <laughs> King, like, he's sitting next to John Mayer, you know what I mean? Like John Mayer is like a big 
big was a big playboy in L.A. when he first came out, like kind of like um. But then he did an interview with Playboy, and then like he got like discredited because he was like talking about having like a bunch of girlfriends and cheating and so or something. Something how with well, John Mayer, he says John Mayer's like that, cool. Right? We 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 can go we can go into John Mayer in a, in a second, but John Mayer, you know, like everyone loves John Mayer. You know, women love John Mayer. Like you his know, voice, I don't like it. Everything all. everything about him is just like <laughs> how could you not love this guy, right? And then and then uh, you know, BB King is just being like like. Derek Trucks plays a little bit, and BB King's like, "Man, if I was a girl, like you would be the one for me." And John Mayer's like, "Come on, like, you know, what about me?" And then I'm, uh, I'm fuckable. What are you talking? About? I'm the fuckable yeah, one. I'm John Mayer. Um, have you seen my list? But uh, he at the end of that solo, that that last one, he looks over to this gets like a big rise out of the crowd because it's like his BB King blues thing, right? And he goes, that's about as good as I've ever seen it. Wow. And like that comment, it's like, damn, oh, yeah. that's, that's insane. That's, that's a guy that insane. doesn't say, he, he never says ten, like 10 out of 10 rating for anything. You know, he's like, yeah, it's fucking sick. But then like to give that, like bestowing that on someone else is like, oh shit, you just got a 10, dude. Oh yeah. <laughs> and the crowd just goes nuts when he says yeah. that. It's just such a cool moment. Um. I saw Dude. I saw them recently and it was really really good. Like it, it was just them. There was no in opening. Oh, there was an opening band. It was kind of cool because they kind of fused. The opening band yeah. was like some L.A. like Chicano kind of like band. They they had like a mix of like Mexican music but with like kind of like rock music and they were like really sick guitar players and they sang. It was great. But Derek Trucks would come out and like play songs with them. True. And then when Trucks band was playing. The, those guys would come out and play songs with them it was like a really cool kind of fusion type of show but um it felt it, you know it was it was he's he's nuts the only other guitar player um and i'm not i still want to get back to john mary you know i'm saying but um <laughs> the only other guitar player i've seen live where i had a feeling where i was like this guy is so good like i i could just this guy could just solo all night and it would be a great concert was the the guy in mastodon Mm. Oh uh, yeah, is it uh Brent Brent Hines? Yeah, the guy with yeah. the beard. Yeah, yeah, or the, yeah, yeah. That yep. that that dude. Like, I like Mastodon, and uh, like I went with my mom. She likes Mastodon, and and we like you know I like we like a lot of their songs. They write great songs, and you know you listen to their songs, and they got a lot of great solos on the record. But when I saw it live, I was like, wait, this guy is like way yeah. better than I thought yeah. he was. Like yeah. this guy's awesome on guitar no, it is he's one sick. of those live performances that stuck with me for still to this day is miss mastodon it's funny well for me with it's weird with mastodon because i'm in love with them now i'm absolutely in love with them but the, yeah. when i first saw them live i was bored to tears and i could never <laughs> live bored and I, I well and i i just didn't know their songs and stuff and i was like oh, okay mm. well they're they're kind of jam and they're they were singing their vocals were off and and i was like oh this is weird and then i saw them again a few years later and i was like all right like i know that i kind of get the feel i listen to a couple albums i get the feel of what they're trying to do and i'm like this is amazing and i see ever like like probably 30 percent people in the crowd doing the same thing i was doing like what what's going where's the chunking where's what's going you know like at a big fest metal festival or something like that people are looking for like the the easy like dopamine they want the the quick like the fix you know and mm -hmm. and and actually knowing them and seeing them live now i'm just like oh fuck like all right 
This is uh, yeah, but there actually is a lot of chunking on those early Mastodon records, though. Too there's some there is really there really is. heavy riffs on those early records. Well, they have a lot of vocal harmonies and stuff too. So it's like if they, they, I mean, sometimes they were just parting. Was it Life's just, Blood? You know. Life's Blood was the EP before Call of the Mastodon, and I I I bought Leviathan. I got all that, but then like I had a renaissance with Mastodon when um, Blood Mountain came out. Oh yeah, that was huge. One, when Blood Mountain came out, I I totally re fell in love with them, and they're one of my favorite bands. For it sure. was like one of those baton passes that made sure that me as a Mastodon fan would continue moving with them. You know what I'm saying? Like that. Yeah. Um, that might be that might not happen with other bands that continue. Like there's a lot of bands that we actually are like, oh dude, Metallica for first four records well, or five records, and then you're done. Well, but there's that yeah. on pass that could keep you going for the the second half of the discography or whatever. What's great about yeah, Mastodon too. It's like we're talking about like earlier like deathcore and all, all these all these other genres. Like they have so much like like a uh, artistic room to do whatever they want to do. Like they could do. They they can they can make an album that's more like Eastern based if they like Eastern music they could do if they want to and people will be like fuck yeah they could do more Western pop shit if they want to people like, fuck yeah like they have like this that's what's cool about them and that style they're still in the metal genre but they can still do whatever the fuck they want to do and that's like a really freeing band that can like really get away with whatever they want to do and that's awesome you know. And Ian and uh, Sick Drummer Magazine, Ian's uh, recommending a band for you, Cameron, which is a, a pre recommended band for me as well. That's the pre-Mastodon um, Rochester-based technical metal band that was the drummer oh. and guitar player. Not not Brett, but the uh, other guitar player. What's his, uh, Ian's got his name, I'm sure. Bill. Bill. And, uh, Bill. Bill. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. those two dudes ended up becoming half of Mastodon. Oh, the, the funny thing about their story is they went to a, they all, like, I think Brent just moved to to Atlanta. And they're, they're like, let's go see High on Fire. They're playing. And they met at a High on Fire show. They were just watching High on Fire. And they just, like, bumped shoulders and started talking. And they're like, we should jam. And they jammed. And that was Mastodon. You want to see an Mastodon interesting moment? thing that Brett yeah. was doing before Mastodon was a band called Fiend Without a Face. It's this psychobilly metal band that he was doing called Fiend Without a Face. Well, whatever, dude. Before that, like he was like fucking <laughs> eating like before he that was he was a child in elementary. Yeah, before that, school. like he was like he was graduating and like eating like fucking pineapples every Thursday, dude. So I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> All but, right, uh, dude. <laughs> Speaking about school, Cameron, I want to know about like high school bands. Did when did you uh, uh one when you picked up the guitar? What kept you going with it taking lessons or just playing by ear or whatever and then get into playing with other humans i don't know if it was covers or if you're already starting to write your own shit before that like all that kind of stuff it was kind of cool like as soon as i uh i think that guitar teacher taught me like what a power chord was and his, and he taught me like a well, one song and as soon as I like saw the pattern in it, I think I wrote like my first song immediately after uh, doing that. Uh, he actually recorded it too. I remember nice, he was like, that's dude. a cool, I showed him like the next lesson. He's like, that's a cool riff. And he like went and like recorded a little song around it. Wow. I was dude, like, that's well, awesome. that's cool. Yeah, it was. So I remember writing riffs like really early. I moved to Nevada. Um, 
Where was, was where where'd you move from? Uh, where'd you move from? Where was this all at? I was originally from Huntington Beach, California. Okay. And then I uh, moved to Nevada, northern Nevada. And then, um, you know, played guitar, but I was also, like, into skating. And what and age I, were you when you moved? 13. 13, okay. And I did a um, – my buddy was playing football, and he, like, begged me to play it with him. And I was like, all right, I'll do it. And then they were like, you can't skateboard or do this or that because – You don't want to you know, break can't get you. Yeah. yeah. And I wasn't even good, so I was like, fine. Um, and then I uh, just started playing a lot more guitar. And I remember like playing Scales over and over and over again and playing Crazy Train by Ozzy Osbourne over and over and over again. Nice. And then like once I got those things down to where I was like, oh, you're getting – like you're developing some skills or some muscle memory, I should say. Yeah. Um, that's when I, I got like pretty good at guitar and or like took it to the next level and then um i joined a punk band like i was into metal mm-hmm. i was i was like really into lamb of god and demi borgir um and then like death metal like dying fetus Meshuga. were you discovering Morbid all Angel. that on your own or did you still have the cousin helping you out um the cousin showed me things like zeo yeah, you're saying Which that like cradle of filth and all that stuff. And yeah, it, there is this. He knew like one of his friends' brother was a film director, and they did videos for. Uh, I, st- I think I still remember his name. I think his name was like Chris Simmons. Um, he did uh, videos for like 18 Visions and like uh, yeah. like bands like that. And so I, I I would go on his website and watch a lot of these these videos um got into hate breed i think like i still remember like my first like when i went to best buy and bought like a bunch of cds that i listened to like a ton on a road trip it was hate breed cold chamber zayo the first two slipknot cds um hate hate breed uh rise of brutality zayo funeral of god um cold chamber dark days um i think i had the first two lamb of gods record burned and yeah. um i'm trying to think if there was like one i'm missing um very but similar I, I to my early high school uh sounds like my playlist as well you know yeah it was it was sick on a cd like on a road trip and stuff i just like repeating it all oh, the time yeah, dude. and then i got, then i went down to huntington beach and visited some friends and a friend of mine, one of his friends was from Israel and was like into death metal, like dying fetus and um, all that stuff. And so I loaded my iPod full of like a bunch of like more brutal stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of was always getting more into like, um, like I liked fear factory a lot. I liked arch enemy a lot. I got into like Demi Borgir, cradle of filth. Um, and I, like that was the kind of stuff I was. It was kind of a great spread of like, I liked Emperor a lot too. Emperor was really big for me in, in the early days. I still mm-hmm. love that band. Oh um, yeah, just so good. So good. Um, but they, uh, it's a good spread like of like, kind of like new metal type stuff. You know, with Fear Factory and Static X and like, um, Chimera stuff like that. And then like hardcore, like Zayo and Hatebreed, 
and then like uh, I don't like Cold Chamber somewhere, and then like Death Metal, like Dying Fetus and Morbid Angel and stuff. Right. And I didn't right. I didn't really think of any of these as like different genres really. I just like I listened to all these things like they were like yeah one thing. It was um, I like subgenres and labeling all that happened it was just i'm, I'm it, sure if i was older it would have been more important but i was like in middle school you know what i mean like i was like in eighth grade you know seventh eighth ninth grade type of stuff you right know? and at and that time a, you don't have that you don't have the wherewithal to be like i'm gonna label lamb of god because when you were mentioning earlier that you didn't know what to call lamb of god when i first got uh new american gospel I had that same feeling of like, what type of metal is this? You know? Yeah. New wave of American heavy metal, bro. <laughs> yeah, totally. And that's um, how I put it now. It really is just American heavy metal to me now. But uh, it is. It is. But truly. back then, it, it did have, some, especially on that record, it had something different. But no, dude, like that, that's uh, that going off of your pipeline thing earlier. It, that's why I won't ever really knock any type of subgenre of metal or subgenre of this or that because of how happy I am that there is so many different pipelines into getting to where we are now. We're in we're in the underground fucking belly of the whole thing on this podcast talking about all of it, but it it you'll find your way down here in many different avenues, you know? Yeah. And I think labeling things is important because we're, we're basically trying to use, we're, we're, we're trying to quantify feelings or observations into language. That's all. That's all it really is. Totally. So I, th I think there, I think there is great room for discussions around certain things. There's obviously lines that like, where it's like, all right, everyone shut the fuck up. Like it's just heavy metal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that would happen a lot in dance music too. This is minimal deep tech. It's like, no, I think this is more techno, bro. It's like, dude, oh, God, with dance music. I, yeah, yeah, I could tell. Same, probably the same yeah. thing. Same thing. We got, <laughs> really got some transfers. That, that's a good one. That's pretty good I, to go go along. We should we should accumulate all the frozen pictures <laughs> that's a good one I, actually, I like that one so yeah we completely lost him oh shit <laughs> so what's a hey, anthony what's your favorite color dude uh well, <laughs> green and gray actually for me i, I think for most metalheads it's green like dark like because army pant probably, things, that's probably yeah, yeah. yeah and then gray is like another like it's like a it's like a black. It's easy. it works with everything. You can I, like... Yeah, that's kind of my. <laughs> you just yeah, nailed yeah. it right there. Like green, gray <laughs> is. Uh, he's complete. He's probably gonna come. Hopefully, he comes back. Um. Yeah. No, gray is one of those things you can wear with anything, dude. I got. Yeah, gray, yeah. I got gray like neutral on color right now, dude. Yeah. I, you know another color that I really love is brown. Yeah, that's a that's a Vincent move. He goes more brown than gray. It's funny too. It's like a you know poop and stuff. Yeah, like I covered I, in poo real quick. Well, I got my. Uh, remember when I was uh, I was selling my BMW? I was like, this is like 2000, I don't know, 16 or 15, 
and I was like, uh, I just don't want to deal with the the cost. And I understand it looks cool, and I got like those sports car, and I'm broke as fuck. <laughs> it doesn't really make sense, you know, to me for me to have this. I should probably have a commuter car where I can actually afford not to put premium gas everywhere I go, and and so and so I I traded in for a, a to Honda, and I got a Civic, and they're all we have uh we have like like red or brown i was like brown for sure like it's hilarious (laughs) like i'm doing brown like i'm getting i'm going from a i'm going from a murdered out bmw he's coming back to a fucking brown civic like well yeah not only that dude you don't want a red car because that immediately brings attention to you so if you're you're going 10 miles over the speed limit a red car is going to be seen going faster yeah yeah we're just talking about brown brown cars brown cars red cars (laughs) (laughs) that's actually yeah. I, don't, I don't know. That's my brown car. <laughs> no, no. I had a brown car for. I, I, I basically like had the option. <laughs> Internet. So uh, we lost him again. He's missing you know here. That's another good one. That's a good one. Oh, you, you back? You now? back? Yeah, you're getting, I got you. You're getting, you're getting frozen in pretty, some hilarious poses, though. So that's what. Good. I good. <laughs> we uh i i've been victim of it as well dude i was saying we after all this we, how long we've been doing this and how how many times that's happened we should accumulate all the frozen pictures of everybody <laughs> that's been on the show dude i mean there's like dude, a couple i'm, I'm actually using my where... hot spot right now oh, okay it's just it's hot bro seems a little it's cold <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see the, the delay i love it fuck yeah all right so let's get back on the uh let's get yeah, back dude, on so you're in nevada you joined the punk band um how long did that last before you moved on from that um the punk band was great because they were like a local band and they were all younger kids did you say what you guys were called we we're called the devices the, the devices all right and and they were was they were great you know two brothers dr- uh drummer and guitar player and then a bass player and a vocalist and the vocalist was like a tiny kid and he was like brutal you know and uh everyone loved him so they didn't really need a second guitar player but i can't remember how i met them like what the initial like meeting of them went but they were like cameron's sick like we should have him in our band and it's because yeah. i was like into metal and stuff so they like like that so they brought me in and I wrote a couple songs with them and I played some great shows with them. Like my first shows I ever played were with them. Yeah. And um, it was awesome. Like, you know, it, the, the, the town I lived in or the area I lived in had like a great, like music scene. Like there, there was tons of bands. Everyone was playing in shows. There was a great punk scene. Um, the, the, Hardcore scene was was more in Reno, and that was not really like that was far away from us. Um, and then um, the metal scene was not like, and really like it, it didn't really feel like there was like much of a metal. The the punk scene was like where it was kind of at. Mm-hmm. And um, I made my own metal band uh, with my best friend who was the drummer. And then when we went to high school, we mixed with another middle school and there was a vocalist and a guitar player that was there. We kind of like linked up and we formed 
um, what's now called Disfiguring the Goddess. And mm. so I wasn't even the vo- vocalist at first, um, just to play guitar. I think our original name, or not think, but our original name was Corpses Make Mountains. I and saw that. We had yeah. one song that's long gone. I wish I could have that. That'd be great to have. Um, and then um, we changed it to Disfiguring the Goddess. And we went through like a slurry of vocalists as I was like also figuring out how to record. And then I figured out how to record. I figured out I figured out I could do vocals. Like out of six of my very first vocals were recorded. And then um, as soon as I figured out how to program drums, it was like really uh, downhill for the band, but uphill for the music in some ways. I honestly like the the, the chemistry between me and my drummer was awesome. We wrote great music. It was like grunt, death grind, very slammy, but very fast, you know. Um, and I was never like the stuff I wrote by myself was a, a little bit more death metal, um, not as grindy. So I, I, I liked the shit we wrote together a lot. That was kind of like the vibe at first, but I don't know. It's like writing music on a computer. It's just like playing a different instrument, just like us or playing a different guitar, you know, like the way you play an SG versus a Stratocaster. It's just like you play different, you write different shit, you know? Yeah. So, what? So Looks you like said it muted. was like death. Am I muted? Oh, Joel's I'm muted. Totally mu- I'm totally muted. Oh, um, I like, I, I'm <laughs> looking at my mute. I was like, oh, it doesn't look like I am. I'm so oh, you guys all stopped talking when I was talking. I was, was fucking awesome. Uh, it's good visual cues. But uh, no, I was uh. <laughs> <laughs> I know that uh, like deathcore is like it's known for a style of guitar, a style of pickup, a style of amp. It's all that stuff. That'd be cool to like in the future it'd be like you know you think of an sg you think of like acdc uh you know you think of like kind of more old school rock and roll um and that's why when i worked at guitar center i remember like falling in love i was like i was walking in there like all this old classic gibson fender bullshit like you know like just ignorant just to all of it like fuck this fucking stuff and then i i got a hold of a telecaster and i'm like this is sick and then i was like they should make a metal telecaster and then the day like not the day but like the year i said that then all of a sudden you know like uh, uh steven carpenter comes out with his own signature model everyone comes out with their signature telecaster and like it'd be cool to have like like i mean i know that the esp has done it but like to use like an old school guitar to be like a heavy like a brutal slam something like there's got there's a different tone there like you're saying there's like like with the fucking old school p90 pickups like the old you know classic pickups and just like fucking chunk and do something with it, but like have it be the style of music be current, but the the tone be from the uh, people are going to do that. It's already been thought of. Uh, I know it's going to happen like a year. It's going to be like all like people with like fucking like Taylor's Taylor like acoustic guitars with like a little pickup on it. They're going to be like trying to chunk on it and shit. I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like like the 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 guitar you play makes such a difference in how you're playing and what you're writing and all that stuff. I have a, a six string Epiphone Les Paul. That's awesome. And I have a eight string guitar and the, the eight string feels like a, it doesn't even feel like a a guitar. Yeah. I don't know what it's like. This is, this is a different instrument and uh, it's cool. It's not a guitar though. It doesn't feel (laughs) like a guitar. guitar. (laughs) 
<laughs> I know, I know. Well, I mean, with the, when what I what would you call it then? What is it? I don't know. Eight string guitar, like eight string bass. It's, it's in its own little thing. Yeah, it's. I mean, even when back in the day, like when I was a kid, getting the seven string, you know, like and first having that extra string on there, and having your brain have to comprehend. Okay, there's a. It's not when you do the open low string. It's not going to be E. Like it's going to be B, and you have to like really get around that. Now, like adding another string on that, you're like, oh shit. Okay, we have to like compartmentalize. Those two strings are not. They're not the the guitar. That's like some fun stuff you can do on top of it. But like I can only comprehend still like the six strings below and then like what's above it. I'm like, OK, well, there's some lower fun stuff I can do up here. But like I don't think of it as like the like what you're saying. It's not a guitar. It's like a some little fun little party favors that you can you can chug on. You know, it's not the actual guitar. When I first got the eight string, um, I would write most of the riffs like really high up on the neck you know yeah yeah to get I, notes out of it <laughs> yeah and if I, I i always looked at it as like you have the option to have these like lower sounds but yeah kind of really try to utilize like the middle of the neck or like the the, the higher up on the neck and then I, that was like coming from playing a six string you know like just like you said like trying to work your way around this instrument right and how yeah. how to write music with it and all this stuff and um later on i took a a break from playing guitar from a for a while and it's kind of funny too like sometimes i feel like when i take a break from guitar and i come back to it i'm like better sometimes I'm refreshed like, oh. you're refreshed yeah it's refreshed definitely yeah. and uh when i came back to it i played the six string mainly and then when i played the the eight string again i was like so out of rhythm with guitars i just like played it as like a big ass guitar <laughs> like i was like ah, this thing's huge <laughs> no i know i remember uh i bought these cabinets off this guy it was like he's like i was buying just a 212 mesa is what i wanted to buy but he also was like hey i'll throw this in this 412 <laughs> they're fifteen hundred dollars like new he's all throw it's a cut in the in the you know the grill whatever thing for for 300 bucks more and i'm like well fuck i have to buy that but he's like you want to try it out and i'm like cool and he just hands me this like eight string guitar i'm like and i'm like and i'm just picking i'm like picking i'm like on the eighth string and i'm just picking the seventh and i'm like can't my brain's like not put it together yet that i need to like the right the right hand with the left hand you know i'm like i'm sitting there like hitting power chords i'm just like muting it i'm just like because <laughs> like my brain's like going towards the the wrong strings you know so right right it's it's Everyone totally plays uh, like eight different like seven feels like a guitar still yeah you know yeah but yeah. when you throw an eight in everyone plays them differently yeah like, the way mashuga plays them is so unique and then i think uh another great band that plays them is after the burial plays them really unique oh yeah yeah i've toured them a couple times yeah, yeah they're awesome play like a whole song that sounds like it's like you know proper like e standard song and then like yeah three minutes in the song that'll just be like boom and like yeah and yeah and they Full start playing the weapon. shit you've ever heard in your life yeah exactly yeah. activated <laughs> yeah yeah i've always like you guys, oh, you guys sleeping for a second boom like hit the fucking low one be like what's up dude fucking only yeah. cats can hear this because it's so low dude only dog, <laughs> it's like a dog whistle 
for fucking for deathcore metal. It's a dog. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's a dog whistle for metalheads. Yeah. That band is so great. I, they are. I, uh, no, I love them. They write such good music, and I, I think the way they so many assets of uh, songwriting in metal is so so great. I think aren't they on tour with Spirit Box or something coming up soon? I think so. I, I just saw them. Tour. Actually, I saw them about a year ago. Um, they were coming through town, but uh, it was it, it was actually a heavy show. It was the show that uh, the day that uh, Trevor from Black Dahlia passed. Mm, yep. So um, it, mm. was in, it was in Santa Cruz, and I Shout was out. like, and I remember they hit me up, and and Diar's murdered dude hit me up and was like, "Hey, what's up? We're in Santa Cruz. You want to come hang out?" And I'm like, "Sure." And I was like, "Fucking stoked!" And then literally, probably seven minutes later, I got the "What the fuck?" text, and then that that whole screenshot you know of like what's going on I'm like no that's not this is all bullshit you know like this is not real and uh yeah i went uh, they were and then they gave like a f- after the burial i posted it on my instagram like the, the speech that he gave and i was like i was like sitting there like fucking lo- I, i've been crying all day you know and i was like i'll still go because my friends are in town and i kind of want to like sorry to bring it all down jesus but like <laughs> last time I saw them though was was that it was the day that that happened. So it was like we were all just like disheveled, like going to the show. Like why are we even here? Like what's going on? I don't understand anything. Like I've and I literally showed up to their uh, show and I was just in the corner, just like with my head down. Like I might need to go home. This is not like a good place for me right now. And uh, but we all like embraced just like the positivity that guy brought to our lives and uh, turned out to be a really cool show. And then I got COVID. Right after the show. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, I <didn't> mean, <laughs> that was it's the most non-uplifting. It was like a fucking like a cock teasing story. It's like it's like up down up down. Like, up, up. <laughs> no, but, we got no up at what, the end. What are we What are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Here I am. I just rolled a joint. And I'm smoking. I'm like, this is where we're at now. <laughs> yeah, I'm the drunk guy. He's the stone guy. Anyways, I'm I'm the drunk yeah. guy too. That's a, um, but after that burial, like, that no, sounds like a, a day. No, I t- I toured with them on Summer Slaughter, and I did another tour with them. But like, they had a very cool like mixin of the Mashuga uh, style, but like still had a little dime baggy kind of stuff too. And they had like they had a bunch of other kind of styles mixed in that were very unique. And then the the deathcore like bass, you know what I mean? They had that. With the Mashuga on top, and then like a little bit of like their influences that what they grew up with, and they were very cool. I mean, they were right either before or after us, and like watching them every night, I was like, they were fucking very interesting, you know? Yeah. What what summer slaughter year was that? Uh, probably like nineteen thirty two or something. (laughs) No, I think it was two thousand ten or nine. It was uh, it was. I think Origin was on that tour. It might have been the <laughs> Suffocation. I think it was Necrophages. Was it, with, was it with Necrophages? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dying Fetus. I, suffocation. I saw yeah. that tour in San Francisco. We all drove to San Francisco to see that yeah, tour. Yeah, Regency. Right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. We, 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 yeah. we were all like big Necrophages fans, and we knew it was a big deal to see them. So we oh, all yeah. went to see that. And uh, I remember we walked in when, Went after the burial was playing, and you know we drove from Nevada, so it took us forever to get there. Damn, and we it's an all day thing. So we walk in when after the burial was playing, 
and we were like there to see, you know, like Origin and Nick Face and stuff. And I like not really being familiar with the band. Damn. <laughs> you're, you're breaking up, bro. Oh, no, you're back. You're back. You're right. Go, go for it. All right. All right. If it happens again, I'll try the internet and see if it works. So lame. What a good time for the internet to, to the DSL to stop. No, I... You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> but I remember they're playing that curse, that cursing. What's it called? Cursing. Well, Ben. Well, Ben. After the burial. After the burial. Oh yeah, yeah. Fuck, I forget. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce it. Even if I look at it, cursing. Yeah, yeah. But it has like that. Yeah. That sick riff in it with the. And I remember being like, this is crazy. Like, this is awesome. And ever ever since then, just being a big After the Burial fan. Um, I, I want you – you mentioned, like, the Meshuggah part, and I saw them on t- tour Spirit Box, and that made me want to bring something up that I think is interesting um, yeah. in, about Meshuggah's influence. Influence, Because yeah, right now, I like, in all, all the metalcore bands that are big right now, like Spirit Box and Crystal Lake and stuff. It's like they sound like Meshuggah. I'm like, this is yeah. crazy that like bands that are like pop metalcore band, popular metalcore bands sound like Meshuggah. Like, yeah, what the hell? You know what I mean? Well, for for like, me, when I, first, when, I, when I first heard Meshuggah, I was like, I get, I get the rhythmic weirdness of it, but I was like, you can do so much thing, so many things with this is when I first heard Meshuggah. I was like, with those rhythms, like you can, because <laughs> they were just doing like open, like dun 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 dun, dun. like you can go like dun, 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 dun. you could know, like riff on it, you know what I mean? And I was like, that's the first thing I thought with them, because I was like, I was like, I get what they're uh, they're like, kind of like the Black Sabbath of the weird odd timing, like doing like those riffs and stuff. And that's the first thing I used to tell people was like that you can riff over that. That's like a perfect place to like do a weird riff, you know? <laughs> I didn't I didn't come up with any ideas i'm just like a anthony coffin in a microphone sorry that's basically like what i (laughs) that's basically the ideas i had though i was like i mean i i thought that would be like when i first heard mushiga like i was like i was a very actually 1999 the first time i heard them my brother showed them to me and i was like i was like i don't was like i don't know math dude i don't know like well i don't think you need to know math to um understand <laughs> i really don't i really don't think you need to know math dude because you all you need to do is go you just need to fucking <laughs> go to and see math. them live dude you need to you go need to see them your, live your high school because... diploma when you see <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's like you're so, <laughs> you, know, you, can't you. you don't know math <laughs> yeah, dude. Did, did you uh pass algebra your senior year ah uh, no nah, you're out dude they're all, like, they're all fucking build a y-intercept y equals, <laughs> y equals mx plus b uh, okay, this band. <laughs> the, the real aspect of that band for me is what we've been talking about all night which is what i also get from disfiguring is mood nice. feel hypnotic trance aspects to the music where you're 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 kind of forced to just like go on a journey you know before you even realize you're like oh shit dude we're moving right now we're all moving together oh i'm I'm a part of this thing and you just let it take you dude that's what it is and you get hip hip you get hypnotized 
the most my favorite hypnotizing Meshuggah song is their remix of Ramstein. Have you guys heard that shit? I I, pro- I have listened to it in the past, but I can't pull it up and a remix with a as a Meshuggah Ramstein kind of mashup. It's no, it's Meshuggah did a remix of a Ramstein song, and it's basically like it's Byzantine, and it's like. The Byzantine song, but Mashuga is playing all the music instead of Ramstein. Is that on so the rare sick. tracks? Is that like the rare tracks album? No. No, it's on some Ramstein album. Oh, so, oh it came out on the Ramstein album. Okay. Yeah, it's like that. they actually it's an actual like uh proper remix. And I just love that concept. You just like made a, a Joel band. go get it right now. That's what he's doing <laughs> right now. I mean it's I've never it's heard so of Ramstein. Sick. But I've heard Rammstein. <laughs> Rammstein. 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 Oh, I just saw them in L.A. Actually, and it was fucking. No way. Yeah, uh, actually, the dude, my fucking, because COVID would like you know canceled a bunch of things, so all of a sudden all the things come up at once, you know. So I went mm-hmm. Roger Waters on a Friday. I saw Roger Waters on a Friday. Flew to L.A. and then saw Rammstein on Saturday, and I was like. My brain was like, all right, the two best shows, live shows that are available, like I'm done for like the rest. I just I just don't need any more concerts for a while. I'm good. Like yeah. Romstein was like they spend I mean, my buddy like helped co tour manage them and it's like around two million dollars a night for their so like, sick. What the fuck? I know. They're like we got, we got flagged. Actually, one of our episodes got flagged because we were showing footage of yeah, yeah, one of yeah. a, a Ramstein's show being set up. Yeah. And just that video on YouTube got us flagged. Takes six days to set up their stage. <laughs> that's that's awesome, awesome, dude. I know. It's like they're just going like the biggest you can go. Like so that's go. crazy, dude. Because that means that it that th- you play if if it's every night that they're playing they come to the next they have gig. two they have two they've art already, stages they've already they have had a, a a crew setting up for five days before they even got there no they have two so they'll do like two shows in a row so uh, they'll do like they have one like set up for the whole like setup and then they'll have another crew doing the next so their tour isn't like date after date after date it's like no, here's no two no. dates and then a few like days two or later, three dates another two dates yeah yeah Okay. Sure. Yeah, they're the That's sickest wild. band, and so many. They're bigger than Metallica. Uh, Family Values really? tour. I got a fucking. I got a. I think no, they are. What? <laughs> I, think, I, I, I would. Yeah. I would argue that. I would. I would argue that they're they're bigger than Metallica. Romstein, like the the tickets sell out so Damn. quickly. I mean, nowadays. Now, I mean, for selling concert tickets, they're bigger than Metallica. That's a big Metallica, statement, dude. I mean, I'm just. I hate being right. Metallica's but... played on all seven continents. Dude. <laughs> I, I know, but they've also been around since you were fucking in diapers. I'm talking about right now. And, and Romstein about... hasn't. No, I'm talking about <laughs> selling tickets right now. It's my only point. Like, yeah, for sure. I mean, Metallica's automatically charging tickets. Like, oh, yeah, five, four or five hundred bucks for a ticket. That's what Metallica's doing right off the bat. Like, they're t- charging top insane. I would just top... have to see numbers because I would have to see if Romstein and Metallica are touring the same amount and well romstein it's only romstein and they'll just be like la coliseum sold out two nights in a row like a day or two like that's not metallica can't do that i'm metallica just does not... fucking the stadiums what are you talking it, like, that's, that is that's the stadium. olympic stadium i'm talking about the olympic la stadium Fuck the olympics dude <laughs> just because i was right i mean well, one thing no, I like you're not right them is like it's like you two 
Metallica, Ramstein. Yeah. It's like they could be yeah. sell any 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 stadium anywhere in the world, you know. Dude. But Ramstein is in German. Like yeah, how, yeah, I know how, that's, that's, that's the most mind blowing part about it. It's not even like there, you can't be like you know you can't say you can't sing along like Inner Sandman with Rammstein. You just go like do do or like old girlness on it. You know, you, you, everyone, and everyone's singing it, and they don't know uh, what they're Rammstein doing. Rammstein did make me learn how to say "you hate me," dude. <laughs> do do host do host niche. No, the cool thing about Rammstein is their last album too. They have um. These insane music videos, which they've—they're like oh, dude, movies. The last or movies. So sick. The yeah, music videos were nuts. I know, and they're so like I've like cried to them. I'm like Jesus, that's like the <laughs> most beautiful. No, I'll show it to you, and you're gonna cry too, dude. No, I'm I'm not. La- I mean, I'm laughing it's at insane. you because it's so funny that, that you're just this passionate about it. But I was just while I mean, you were saying about, no, you want to know why I was really laughing? I'm not really guy. laughing at you. I'm not laughing at you. I'm <laughs> laughing at the fact that you're you're talking about crying to their music as I'm thinking of Family Values tour, which was the first video I ever with saw the, with the jack off with thing. the fucking strap on dildo. I was there too, pissing milk on everybody, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where they had to start, dude. Yeah, Jack off milk. Biggest band of the world. <laughs> I know. <laughs> they went off when I first saw them. They were like, they bent over the keyboardist, pulled down a butt flap. Yeah. He and, was, then they, uh, and then the singer was just jacking off a fake dick and coming on the keyboardist bent over. And I was, I was like, it was 1998 when family when that happened. And I was like a kid at fucking. At, uh, and I after you, and after you came, you're like, what the fuck am I gonna? Do I don't now? think I had come yet at that age. <laughs> Like I'm watching a guy come on a guy's ass. I'm like, oh, why is he peeing all over? It was, it was your first time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My like, first What's time. happening? That, that, re- <laughs> that reestablished your family values. Oh, oh no. shit. They have what a they're they're a go good rabbit hole to go down if you like yeah ramps no, documentaries and stuff. Oh like yeah. Learning about how they just they've always been a band. They always keep the same lineup. They just. Down. I love the early kind of like documentaries and interviews. I love son of a bitch. My cut now. <laughs> your point. I was trying to get your point in there, but it I got was... your point. I got your point. It's like I mean, I actually watched a Romstein documentary where um, Till the singer, he like goes back to his town, and it's a small town in Germany where there's like. There's like 800 people there. It's like a farm town, and he yeah. just goes back there and he just <laughs> lives there. And like everyone's like, "Oh yeah, we know Till. He last time my car broke down, Till helped me out last week with. That's what's it's up. like. It's he's like still like you know he has this he has this getaway because they're so mega famous in Germany that he has this little spot where he can be himself and be a normal person. But you know that's it's very trippy to see him sell out to L.A. Coliseum shows. You know like back to back and then he's like oh i want to go help with the boats i want to go help with the livestock you know he still does all that shit which is a trip he's all i got 10 million dollars can i help with the livestock well i mean (laughs) if you come from a town that small you're gonna always be connected to the people there dude because that's really a village you know it's not a town that's a little village 800 people yeah, it's still like I feel like if you're at that point too, like I don't think money is even gonna like you don't want to give those people. I mean, you want to give them sustainability, but that's their lifestyle. You don't want to like 
be like, here's a bunch of money. Yeah, bring now back a bunch of money, and then you go back on tour, and then you come back, and everybody's like degenerates. Everybody's gambling. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Drunk and prostitutions happened in the 800 person town that you grew like. Up he in. wants to in his town that he he wants to like help them physically, like help them and hang out with them and be a presence. Not like not like the people who go. Oh, I got rich. Here's money. Get get fucking eight balls, dog. You know, <laughs> it's like people like don't like basically like keeping it the same he wants to keep his where he came from the same which is yeah preserving uh, that's actually a cool thing they use your money to preserve cameron has a good point but he's freezing oh shit he also preserves it in the way if if anyone starts doing too well he shows up at their house breaks all their their nice shit (laughs) (laughs) You know, that guitar's worth ten thousand dollars, dude. Just <laughs> fuck you, dude. Get back get humble like, again, motherfucker. Go back and to that cow. Like, he like keeps the population the exact the same. Like nobody's allowed to move in, nobody's allowed to move out. It's just eight hundred and twenty seven people on the Oh my line. god. So good. Uh, well, dude, I mean, we've been going for a long fucking yeah. time. But we still haven't gotten like into Cameron though. So I just want I all right. So disfiguring was a thing with but then you took it and ran with it after. That that's what we're you were saying. It was a it was a human project before and then you kind of reformed it and made it your own solo thing. Uh yeah. Like once it once I started programming the drums and getting pretty good at that. I think I wrote like a badass song and I showed my drummer and he was like, I'm out of the band, dude. Really? He was like, I can't do it, dude. Yeah, I'm out. I'm over it. And I was yeah. like, he's like, he's like, that song's sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did he go on to still play drums and anything else? No, yeah. he got he got very into art. Oh, okay. That's okay. cool. Yeah. Take yeah. the energy and put it somewhere else. I think it's all the same kind of energy. You just put it into something different. You know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. okay, then um, the videos and stuff came before dis. Well, I mean, not before, but like disfiguring was there in the background. But the videos that I was coming across of you at a young age, you didn't really have any disfiguring demo out at the time, right? No, there was the first demo. There's actually like a earlier demo that I found. Um, actually, someone had it and uploaded it, and these demos didn't have any of my vocals on it, and they had live drums. And then there was a second demo that I recorded that I did vocals on all the songs, and there was two songs with two vocalists. And then. Um, after that, I think was the promo EP, mm-hmm. uh, which was when it was just me. Um, actually, this is kind of funny too. That bef- the original vocalist in when it was called Corpses of Big Mountains, he came back on one of the recent Disfiguring the Goddess albums. Oh, Blood okay. Animal actually has two vocalists on the whole record, and it's him and I. He wrote all the lyrics on it too, which is cool. And um, that was an interesting part. I did Caterpillar and I was in Minden and he was in Reno and he came, he was like, I was like, I hit him up and I was like, you should start coming down. We should just like 
make music and stuff. And um, so he would come down. I would, I would write the song. He would write the lyrics. And then I would record all the vocals. And then I would record him replacing certain vocals. Mm. And towards the end of that is when I started using like the more um, sample-based approach. And then I, that's how I wrote Soothe uh, was after that. So it's funny because the, the real order was Carnival, Caterpillar, Blood Animal, Soothe. But the released order was uh, Caterpillar, Soothe, Blood Animal, Carnival. Mm. You know what I mean? But now we're up to date. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, that's cool, dude. And, now we're ready and to I- rock. No, for sure, yeah. dude. And um, no, you you do even with with the out of order shit you were just talking about. You do feel this um, growth and progression of that project throughout the catalog. If you've you know not only just been there from the beginning, but just it, it experienced the whole thing. And if you go try and go in chronological order, I I noticed this growth that happens with each record and I appreciate it. It makes me uh, excited for what's to come and, and excited that your newest EP, you know, forced itself into my attention. And that's fewer, like I said, fewer and far between for, for that to happen with, with music. I mean, I can dig and find stuff that would probably do that for me, but I'm lazier in my older age for digging for new shit. And this is something that, that forced its way into, you know, my bubble and I appreciate it, you know, carnival sick. And even that, that cover art is it, it comes nostalgic to me because I've always been an evil clown type imagery dude ever since I was a young kid. You know, Killer Clowns from Outer Space was one of my favorite fucking horror films as a kid. You know, and and so that that also yeah, I like that because that you guys are you guys familiar with Snuffed on Sight? Snuffed on Sight? No. Yeah, dude, you got to check out this band. Okay. Uh, they're awesome they're great um super cool they're from the bay area oh Um, shit i should definitely know who they're they are then they got great songs they're they're just rad the the main uh well it's like there's a main guy but now there's like i guess like two main guys but I think it's the you know the 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 guy who does the vocals writes all the guitar and writes the songs. But he's he lives with his guitar player now, and they're awesome. Love those guys. Shout out Seven yeah. and Walid. Um, and uh, one of their themes was like no clown shit, right? Uh, that was like the big theme they're always pushing, like no clown shit. It was like a picture of like someone like stomping out a clown or something, <laughs> and I. And I'm like, oh man, I, I think that's like I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna push into the clown shit. <laughs> yeah. And I always tell, like, I always talk to him and like go off on these like crazy like visionary rants about like things we're gonna do or like something that would be cool to do or or like something. And um, 
it's awesome. But one of the, one of my all time like dream scenario things to play would be the Gathering of the Juggalos. That would be like that would be a so big like, sick, dude. yes. They'd be the coolest thing in the world. They'd be down with that that cover out that cover art, no doubt, dude. And actually, you know, if we're if we're gonna tie it all back together, I think that there could be uh, uh, a way, a pipeline for the Juggalos to find the groove in disfiguring and maybe find their way into death metal somehow. You know. I don't know how I would do it. I mean, Disfiguring doesn't have a live thing, a live component to it right now. So it's like, I would, I mean, I don't, there'd be a, a possibility that I could just do like a DJ set and I just would play like death metal and dubstep and just, and just like fucking, yeah, tr- just try to rile those guys up. <laughs> totally, dude. Just fucking you know cut I mean? shit up and yeah, you could just definitely like get get a big like thing to spin around and just like spin it around the whole set. <laughs> you can find a vibe. In there, dude. I know you can, I, with the way that you, uh, blend, you know, multiple s- styles of music. I, I honest, I, I do applaud the way that you, uh, I, I the word is mature, but it, it really is like the sampling that you use, on disfiguring it's not overdone at all it's it's the right amount of sampling for this project dude so i i i just i don't know why i got on that but i just wanted to applaud that too that there's not an over and an overabundance it it blends well you know what i'm saying like there with like a a project like dripping it it's hip-hop beat for two measures and then boom right into the the fucking brutal part but i think that you can you're you're able to blend those things and not make it sound um off kilter you know it they actually work together very well there's a couple records where i feel like i did that um i mean i've always used samples well and ambience well on some records but i really feel like soothe is in a realm of its own in terms of the samples i think Mm -hmm. uh, i owe that a lot to uh the themes it promotes but also like the repetitive nature of everything you know Mm -hmm. i like that a lot on um i think uh carnival has a lot of repetitive nature with the sampling too and carnival has a lot of like longer sections where like once the section shifts into something it like it stays there for like a good while. And right. like the next section is usually an evolution of some type. Totally. It's very, very like a uh, natural kind of flowing across, but you're staying within something for like longer periods of time. Uh, and the, the samples help agree, back dude. that up. Um, suit though is like onslaught of just repetition, you know? And I love, I love like just, I love repetition. I don't know. That's why I like right. a lot of death metal rep- with repetition obviously like techno and house music is even on caterpillar there's times where i i'm like oh yeah he's he's sitting he's sitting on this riff for quite a while in a good way you know yeah and and i i get that you know when i'm we're talking about these these the the words of the night have been hypnotic trance you know mood 
all these things and and actually you can't achieve those levels of bringing somebody to a certain mood or feeling without time to really grasp them you know you're you're not going to get somebody to catch the mood of a you know three second part of a spawn of possession song you know yeah but in a, in a weird way like that's also like where i got a lot of influence from too like there's a couple guttural, guttural secrete songs that have like just like eight seconds of like the coolest shit i've ever heard in my life <laughs> yeah and, and i'm like man i would love if that was like a full song you know what i mean and mm-hmm. it, it's not that i wish like that song was different but like it, that those moments are like you know something I, i've uh tried to halt like you know spread out yeah yeah bring the walls out further. I, I think the 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 next couple of disfiguring releases are going to really hammer down on these kind of things we've been talking about tonight mood repetition you know all, all, like all like hypnotic stuff there's a there's a lot of interesting things i'm doing on the next couple of releases that are uh kind of flushing out a lot of this stuff yeah and uh I can't wait for it to get out. I'm I'm working. It's not about finishing it. Sometimes, like it is, but it it also it, it keep, I'll tie this back into another thing too. We're talking about with, with reading, and like when you read a certain book. I think when you read a certain book and you're able to like get into it and get through it is when you're supposed to read that book. Like yeah. there's so many books I'll try reading and I'm like, eh, it's not happening right now. And then right. like in six months I'll pick it up. And, yeah. and finish it you know so i th- i think that's a big thing with with reading too, i've been doing like, that with finnegan's wake for like 15 years bro <laughs> literally uh, i've, but, I've uh, there's been multiple times i've tried and it, it it's every time i i have this real like moment where i'm like i'm gonna do this dude and then you go a certain length and then it's (laughs) you kind of fizzle out and then move on to something that's that's something that i mean finnegan's wake if anybody knows about that book it's you you're gonna have a very hard time cracking into that you're trying Mm -hmm. to you're you're trying to read something of someone who reworked the english language and mixed it with other languages and made up their own words and you gotta decipher it all Mm mm-hmm but yeah, sorry. That's me going off on on your shit. Sorry, dude. But you were talking yeah. about <laughs> you were talking about uh reading and 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 how yeah, and I totally feel with that, dude. Like I I've gotten to the end of books finally and I was like that was that was when I needed to finish that book. I totally feel that, dude. And there's a big thing with that too in like certain books where like I feel like like I, I will re- reread the same book multiple times, and sometimes it feels like I'm reading a brand new book each time, just because different things jump out to me. Oh, and those totally. things that jump out to me are the things I really want to like sit with at that period or or whatnot. Um, but how it relates to like getting music out and stuff, especially with disfiguring, and I think you could you could tip a big hat to this with um, Carnival, is like the record is done when it kind of needs to be done. And if that's in two weeks, since it's conception, there it is. Or if that's in like five years after it was originally wrote, 
Like right. that's, that's fine too, you know? And um, sometimes it's nice to have different things you're juggling with that in mind where you have like different products you're kind of bouncing around between. Um, but, you know, the next disfiguring stuff is uh, I have the next re- record written. It's in mastering right now. Um, I'm waiting. I, I check my email every day waiting for it to get back. And then there's like a two month delay between distribution to get all the assets together to uh, all the marketing drivers and everything. So the right. distribution company can put, push it uh, accordingly. Um, that, that has to do with me being, you'd have to do, deal with that if you were not in, if you were, you know, on a label, but being independent, I act as my own label. So I have like, I work with my distribution company on right. getting all this stuff in order and whatnot. And that takes a little bit of time just because of the, the delays. Like if I submitted something for big chocolate, uh, February 7th, it comes out in April, you know, so yeah. it's a little bit of a jump. So my plan is to kind of have this, the music done and in there, but then there's like a, you kind of need to feel it too. Like I know I have the next disfiguring record after this one kind of, I'm leaving some room to, to write for it still, but a bulk of it is, is done already. And I'm trying to to kind of slow down on continue writing it. Cause I, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. Cause I want to be inspired by the, the feedback and the way it feels and stuff. Right. But I also know that's also total bullshit. Like I, I know if I wrote songs every day, they'd all be sick, you know, in like, uh, I don't know. Like if, if I, I know if I just keep writing, it'll all be good. Right. But I, I right. I don't know. I, there's no. like a there's a point though, like with Big Chocolate, I'm like five records deep right now, and it's like I just need to like get this shit out, and you know, I I, I don't want I have my mastering guy right now has three records on him, and he's you know like seven weeks out, like kind of busy right now, so it's like I'm trying to feed him as much as I'm feeding myself, and to yeah. keep this system kind of rolling, and I, I you know. Carnival and Dubstep for Moms were kind of like the primers in a way. And I'm, I'm really happy with how they've turned out and how they've been received and uh, kind of how it feels to like be getting back involved in like the community and the culture, you know? Right. And, uh, yeah. And that, that's, that's, you know, that's why I'm stoked to be on the Cali death podcast right now. Right on dude. I appreciate and that's you guys exactly- really having me out that's one of the reasons why we keep doing this thing for as long as we've been doing it now is because we're all feeling that same feeling of it, it's a new uh, re-energizing aspect of us, you know, more OG style dudes, but still like that, that middle generation where we, we, we are far from being done, you know? We, we mm-hmm. still have plenty left and 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 the 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 um folding in aspects of just the whole community is inspiring to me and it's probably inspiring to you and and our our stuff that we've already done is starting to re-inspire us to do more and yeah dude i i love this i, I you're not the first person from our, you know, like the older generation that's told me that they're feeling like 
re-energized to continue and make more at this moment. So I, I, I love it, dude. I really do. Um, love ex- uh, um, witnessing what's going on. I feel like there is this bubbling up aspect to something that may have been a little bit dormant, you know, in the, in the past, but we're starting to feel like, Hey, we got to continue making shit again. And you've never stopped making shit. So I'm, I'm speaking for me with continuing to make shit. We finally got something out in 2020. Now we're trying to do something again and um it will happen but i yeah you're you're an inspiration cameron and i want i want anybody who hasn't listened to anything that this man's involved in to do your homework after this episode because you're in for a treat you you like brutal shit you're you're gonna go down a deep fucking brutal crazy rabbit hole with disfiguring the goddess dude but yeah um. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much that's awesome yeah, dude. no no uh, doubt dude and and that's exactly why i wanted to have you on i appreciate your your art everything you do and okay. um good night to everybody yeah, I, I, would, I would love Let's to come see. back on too like i I, yeah. I i like doing this stuff it'd be great oh yeah like i get along with you guys real well I like you guys totally Cameron, dude. you're you're oh, welcome yeah, back be- always dude and and um I, the with the, with the way that you're putting music out i know you're gonna have a lot more to talk about very soon so yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, it, we, we know you'll have plenty to talk about dude so there's no issue with you coming back on dude yeah next time i like i hope we could talk a lot more about stolen babies yeah, dude. I, <laughs> dude, when you what's funny about me and this show is that I'm, go into I'm the weirdo. I'm the weirdo on this show where I I I like to experience or experiment with like the weirdest fucking types of music, dude. And I've been like that my whole life, dude. And Stolen Babies was one of those groups that I came across and motherfucker um so anytime that type those types of bands come up on the show i get all excited and these guys laugh at me but you made my penis grow just a little bit when you said it um fuck yeah solid three stolen babies <laughs> none of them were stolen none of them were stolen. yeah i actually all, all three of my babies were stolen from me technically from my wife's vagina all right guys have a good uh night and, <laughs> and uh, we will uh <laughs> we will uh yeah. see you next week as always yeah. um we got to do the plugs one more time dude cameron where you, where you want people to go again uh, oh, battle, yeah. cameron dot <laughs> make sure to drink battle ready coffee <laughs> That's <laughs> battlerosescameron.org. Battle I think we have a <laughs> big, tar- big no. cartel podcast. Dot fucking coffee. C A M E R O N A R G O N dot com. Put the www dot in before that. Yeah, name. I programmed it myself, so you gotta put the www. That's what's fucked up. I mean, like, I'm in, work. I'm in, I'm in networking and stuff, and I know that, like, I know what the www means. Like, someone jacked you because they have the. If you just type in your name and .com, then it goes to like selling gas products. I, that's what I looked at. Fuck. 
I'm just saying, I, I typed in your name and didn't put the WWE in. It was like a gas website for like selling gas. <laughs> try, try it right now. It's like, it's a weird, it's all gas spouts and shit. And then I typed WWE in and it was perfect. Dude, uh, if I Google Cameron Argon, uh, Cameron Argon's website homepage comes up on like, on the yeah. front page. That's the way you do it. That's the way, okay. No more websites. It's 2023. Mm-hmm. Just type Use in a Google. name and hit enter. That's uh, then you'll go to the place. Consult the Oracle. <laughs> Consult. And I got, I got a dope website. Um, the dopest thing I've seen. The graphics on that, like and the <laughs> colors, <laughs> the green, the green and the white. Like, it's, uh, dude, it's, I don't, I don't know what the deal is with like the way it displayed on your computer, but like there's no, there's no, there's no stylizing on color at all in it. Hold on, hold on. Let me, so let I don't me, know let me, why it's let me, like, let me check. Let me like check a, it out now. Let me check it out now. Hold on. <laughs> uh, dude, dude, your website's so sick. How sick would that be to be in a 360 website, dude? Just dude, they're going to make code this yourself. Yeah, it's dude. all HTML. Yeah, just the first HTML. Just like, yeah, dude. I fucking did zero, 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 zero for black. Like, I know what's going on. <laughs> All right. okay, i don't know much love y'all ass. uh battleforgecoffee.com boom get your coffee there kellydeathpodcast.baycardelk.com get your t-shirts there. sick dude sick, sick dude. dude metal for moms dubstep for moms i'm just all the things everything for moms dude <laughs> i mean all our moms they should they deserve gang everything <laughs> they don't deserve gangbang vocals guys our mom is hap- not deserve gangbang vocals all right. <laughs> all, right. all right that's from fucking two episodes ago it's hemorrhage i know all right Whatever, dude. i'm gonna go there too they got some cool for a while this one's a good one <laughs> all right four w's hey cameron thank you so much dude and yes thanks again, guys thanks for having me on and everybody will be back times Rock yeah. on. times. Fucking bitchin', brother. <laughs> yeah. It's good to be on the, the Cali Death podcast and showcase my SoCal accent. Hell yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's, my, that's my, that's my yeah, SoCal. Bro. Or just California laugh. But... <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Cali Death podcast, bro. Welcome all these fuckers over here. Fucking Groms is hanging out fucking using mics. Groms. Groms. Yeah, we're trying we're, we're trying to we're trying to chirp into your lobes a little bit, fucking, fucking dick dragon, <laughs> fucking kooks. <laughs> All no, right, the shit. rest of the world's being like, "What the hell are these guys saying?" <laughs> I know, I know, I love it, I love it. The guys, there's a guy in Germany going like, "What the fuck?" Like, what are you called, he goes into work. He's like, "You're a fucking dick dragon kook, bro." <laughs> Uh, maybe california is not as chill as they say <laughs> yeah I mean. nah, dude, we got palm trees dude all right and flip all right, boys and board shorts all right, all right guys, have a good night. night thank you so much love you guys on, dude. we'll keep it rocking